How was your weekend then, Polly? We we hung out Friday. Oh, uh, I mean, it's, since then. it's been. It's like fucking mm. cold. It's miserable. It's been a real shitty three-day weekend. <laughs> Aww. Yeah, I feel ya. Wait, is your three-day Monday off or Friday yeah, off? Yeah, Monday. Okay. Mm. And tomorrow okay, it's so supposed you- to snow, so... Oh. Yeah, been real great. So I, I took my hour long walk, even though it's like 37, because mm-hmm. like it, it, in Chicago, 37 and sunny is like, yep, that's good enough weather. Yeah, I'll walk right. in walk in this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you have Monday off for a specific holiday? Who, me? Yeah. Easter? See. I didn't think Easter was a day people got off. It typically yeah, isn't. Yeah, I got a Good Friday off. It typically isn't. They usually do Good Friday mm-hmm. or nothing at all. But okay. I, for some reason, got Monday, so I'm not going to argue. Because in Massachusetts, they have Patriots Day, which is always like the third Monday of April. Uh-huh. So so that's why I get it off. Oh, okay. But then I realized, oh, that's just a local thing. Why, why do other people have the long weekend? Yeah. Because <laughs> Easter does not always line up like it. No. Is it... Is it related to the football team? No. Okay. That would be funny, though. The, the Boston Marathon is always on Patriots Day. Yeah. Gotcha. Except for the last two years because of Cause, you the know, ongoing situation. An ongoing situation that may be going on in the world and uh, inha- you know, inhibiting us from doing the things that maybe we want to do as a society. <laughs> but not anime. But not anime. This is not a podcast where we tolerate any of that anime shenanigans. Aww. Hey, everybody! Welcome. What is up? Welcome to SoxCast, episode 154, the magical episode where everything happens. It's the one <laughs> where this is the one everybody's been waiting for. Just like ever since we started. This is like, man, when, Season they, get, finale. when they get to 154, shit's going to pop off. And that's what's happening right now. It's just popping off. You can't stop it. Once you pop, it's fucking Pringles up in here, bitch. <laughs> yeah. I love me some Pringles. I like a damn good can of Pringles. All right. All right. Let's talk about Pringles. <laughs> let's talk about it. Let's boil it on down. Let's, I, uh, uh, fine, all right. Fine. Let's let's get into this. All right. Let's uh, <laughs> finally getting right, into the finally crisps. getting into the crisp, uh, getting into the because you can't call them chips. They are crisps. Legally. Yeah. You legally cannot call them chips. They are crisps. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, like, uh, speaking of Pringles, like what's your favorite? What's your favorite? Let's, let's get some discourse going. John got a favorite Pringle. I can't eat Pringles anymore. Oh, that doesn't mean you can't have a favorite. Yeah. Okay. okay well, yeah. Which one it's makes been, you, which one makes your butt ail the less? It's, I, I haven't eaten Pringles in seven years, Polly. Oh I miss them. God. I think I, I think I'm trying to, I'm trying to, to send my mind back to that that blissful that before blissful, time wonderful. when I could eat Pringles. Mm-hmm. And I think I ate a lot of sour cream and onion. It was I think that's real what I, good. Yes. Yeah. I think I ate a lot of sour cream and onion and then I couldn't anymore. And it was, yeah. it was very sad. Rhett got a favorite Pringle. I think my favorite might just be the basic cheddar cheese one. Oh yeah. Those are, those but, are solid. I really like the barbecue as well. Oh yeah. The barbecue is like, chips are so good. it's not Sorry, too sweet. Crisps. It's not like hot yeah. or anything. It's just like this really nice yeah, yeah. balance. That, man, they're definitely not hot because I can't handle hot at all. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, so yeah, you're not like a, okay. Yeah, but unfortunately, like John, uh, because I'm on a diet right now, you can't add Pringles. Were, Pringles were like, hey, stop like eating a ca- an entire tube yeah, of these. Yeah, that's a, like it's a single meal. That's a problem <laughs> you, with you dipshit. That's why I can't buy Pringles. That's a big problem. Like if uh, you know, I typically want to. 
When I when you open like what, they're not kidding. Once you they're pop, not kidding. Once you pop, you're just not gonna stop. <laughs> that was like when I started my diet in October. It was like you have to recognize flaws in yourself, and one of those flaws is that if there are if there are chips in the house, you're going to eat the whole thing. I'm going. Chips to eat are so them. good. Like it's it so easy. So good. It's so easy to like grab a fucking tube of Pringles and just devour the whole thing without yeah. realizing it, or grab a whole bag of fucking Doritos and just be like, "Well, suddenly an hour later, I don't know where somebody took my Doritos. Where have they gone?" The 3D Doritos, especially, oh, were just God. like that's the worst. Where'd they go? They yeah. go so quick. They ha- like you. You know, like you're like maybe like get self conscious. Maybe like eat one at once. Try to be very very conservative with your consumption of the 3d doritos it's just like nah man it's it, you, you're not gonna hold yeah. out too long those things are just too damn good uh my favorite pringles i like the regular i think those just by themselves are really good uh okay, yeah. pizza pretty solid um oh wait hmm? oh pizza i, w- I think i was kind of confusing the pizza and barbecue i, I, uh, I like both of them oh yeah yeah I yeah, might- yeah. I might put pizza above barbecue. They're yeah, pizza, pizza and, and regular, I think, are probably my main jam. But those cheddar ones by themselves are just like, yeah, yeah those are dope as hell. Um, yeah. All right. So that's our Christmas <laughs> discussion. I know that that's, that's what everybody was like that, coming here. They were like, finally, 154. We're going to do, we're going to talk about the crisps at the start. I feel like that. I, I feel, feel like two like of us don't want that anymore. Be. I feel like one of us. <laughs> I feel like the audience wanted us to get a little more like aggro about it. Oh. Just like the fucking pizza Pringles pie. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, but we, I, I we can't. Just, we don't have that energy where it's impossible no. for us to be mad at one another. We've never, <laughs> never once been mad at each other over anything at all. Ever. Well, until on game of the year when Polly reveals her favorite is actually sour cream. Yeah, then that shit's gonna hit the fucking fan after that, man. But you gotta, you gotta, you gotta stick around for the end of the year on that, man. Like I'm, I'm holding out. Like those, those, those that's sweeps week, man. You're gonna come across with the the big Pringles revelations at the end of the year. You got that's when you gotta let things out. Remember a couple years ago, it was like I remember mm-hmm. me finding out that Doritos 3D were coming back on this yep. show and freaking the fuck out. <laughs> Out for like 10 minutes straight being the happiest person on the planet um that's one of my favorite socks cast memory <laughs> that's so nice it was beautiful it was so beautiful to watch oh my god and i remember literally going to the store the day the day that they said that those were coming out and like waiting <laughs> be like you got them motherfucker i know you do <laughs> uh, doritos 3d are really good yeah, they're good at bad for your diet though. But it seems like they're sticking around now. It seems like there's like a mainline brand at least for now. It's not like a, just a yeah. temporary thing because they've been around for like a year, or year and a half now. So, um, Polly, I know <laughs> you, you probably told me. you probably desire so hard right now. No, right? no, no. Hmm? It's it's time. If you told me they came back January 2020 or 2022, oh god. I would believe you, but oh, I guess they I came could, back no, January 2021. No, no, we don't do time here. Listen, time does not exist. You just said they've been around for over a year. My bad. My bad. Time does not exist on the podcast. Not on. The, not in podcast land, time does not exist. That's just how it is from now on. <laughs> to my immediate virtual right, what's the trick to making his love stick? It's red. Hey. So what's the trick to making your love stick? Is it sticky? I, guess I mean, it is. I can think of 
I can think of a couple of things that make your love sticky, but I will abstain from mentioning them on the <laughs> podcast and spare you. Oh, any, we never any, go any kind of here. No, no, no. I, I, this I is a family-friendly episode. Yeah, we always do family-friendly episodes every, you know, it's, it's Easter. So, you know, here in the oh, States, God. this is normal Easter. This is Jesus Day. I mean, we're all pogging Absolutely. out. We're, we're pogging out for Christ right now. Um, so I, uh, <laughs> Can I say something incredibly stupid? Go for it. Just as a quick aside, my mom says, Happy Easter. I swear to God, I almost in reply said, Happy, Happy Easter, Xbox. <laughs> I did not realize how many Easter memes that the that we've accumulated as a society. But my feed has been a, 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 like a nonstop feed of Jesus Just jokes. Very funny Jesus and it's jokes. Very today. funny to me. I feel like I didn't really start seeing the influx of like this is the first year I've really started noticing there was some yeah, really solid Jesus material out there on the internet. It's Absolutely. definitely been this year for me as well, but I post that stupid Xbox Easter video yeah. every year. <laughs> yeah, it's a great, it's a great video. <laughs> Happy Easter, Xbox. <laughs> ah, so sticky love. That's uh, that's all Rhett's been up to lately, so, or or like your love stick. You know, you got a love stick, ah. a giant thick love Good stick. Fun. Oh, oh, yeah, like a magical girl wand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You whip it out, you wave it around, and magic comes out. After a little, exactly. after you wave it around a little bit, it's got to, it's got to take a little yeah. bit. You got to prime it, get it going. Yeah. Then the sparkles come out. Then the sparkles come out. Then the sparkle. Family friendly, folks. Family friendly. <laughs> to my media virtual Absolute left, life. buzzing back to life like freeze dried flies. It's John Thayer. Hi. Hey. <laughs> I'm just I'm just having a lovely weekend. I I reached I reached I reached media zero. Yet it again. feels real good, doesn't it? When you finally it feels hit, like real. nothing Does there. It? It, it, I do. Like when I hit media zero and there's like literally nothing I am in the middle of. I kind of just want to enjoy that for a few days. Yeah, I like Red and I talked for like for like two or three hours. I was kind of like, oh god. What now? Oh, the walls are closing in. I don't know what I'm supposed to spend my time doing here. Oh, man. And then, and then I, and then I yeah. took, a, took my long hot bath. I took okay. my long walk, um, watched some movies, chilled out. And I was like, okay, I can, I can live here for a bit. I don't need to be playing an RPG every waking minute of my free time. Mm-hmm. And I can not do that and not die. Yeah. You can actually... I'm not at that point yet. You don't need sustenance of media to stay alive, John. Some sure. of us, some of us do. I mean, yeah. well, I, th- I think you need some. I think you need. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need. I think you need art, or you die. But I, I don't think I necessarily need to be in, constantly in the middle of a yeah. long RPG. You also need to fart or you'll die. Just it's you know, true. <laughs> so you know. Just wanted to point that out. I think that people come here for. You know, the just the lively crisp talk and finding out mm-hmm. about sticky love and also, you know, good health Farts. advice. If you don't fart, yeah, fart if you, or die, if you don't fart, like, I want to I want that to be my new campaign this summer. It's like I want to really advocate on people farting more. It's just like fart or die. <laughs> I don't need I don't need advocation on that. I'm going to get I'm going to get I'm going to get some signs made and go around town. I'm going to plaster it all over my streams from now on. Fart or die! And I'm going to have, like... I'm going to get... I'm going like to get Chuck D of Public Enemy to write a, a song about it. 
be great. I wonder if I could get Chuck D to write a song about fart or die. I, I don't know Chuck D. Brett, do you know what Chuck D is? No. No, I don't. Probably use Chuck D. No, he's he's uh he's a he's one of he's one half of Public Enemy. Okay. okay cool. Yeah. 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 He's the guy that's not the guy that wears the clock. Okay. The, the, oh, the guy that wears the clock, Flavor Flav, he would probably just drop uh, some hot fart bars in a minute. <laughs> like that dude, all over them fart bars. But I, I want the more serious guy to, to drop the fart bars. I think that would be really great if I could get Chuck D to wrap me some fart bars. <laughs> I think that should be like the ultimate test of any rapper from now on is yeah. like, I'm going to go up to him and be like, look, you're not really a rapper unless you can drop me a hot 16 about needing to take a big dookie. I feel like that would be, I feel like that is more broadly applicable to media beyond rap. I feel like. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Just kind of give a nice prompt. Just like, hey, make a thing about taking a a big shit. Yeah. Make a big shit game. A big shit. That should be my next game. Or like like compose a piano sonata Mm -hmm. about taking a big shit. Yeah, there you go. Do a stand-up routine. Oh, God. Happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter, Happy everybody. Easter. I watched the movies. Speaking of brown. <laughs> the cross is brown like poop. Like a, like a, like a turd. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's why, that's why, that's why, that's why he picked the cross, the wood cross. Exactly. That's why it's made of wood and it's not made, other, yeah. other material. They were like, look, man, we got to like, look, Crucifixions are really fucking depressing, but what if, what if we made them, uh, what if we made crucifixes out of wood, and then you, and people be like, ah, it's also, that's the color of farts. That's also a boner joke. That's poop. That's poop. It's poop joke. And it's a boner joke. So it's just like, yeah, somebody's dying on a cross. They're starving to death. They're probably having their entrails dragged out in some versions of this situation. It's terrible, but you can look at that cross Mm -hmm. and go either, ha ha ha, dick joke, or ha ha ha, that's poop. I, man, yeah, what happy Easter, happy Easter. <laughs> I know it's pretty hot. Yeah, you watch movies, John. The, it's like the desert. You watch John trying to save us. John watched movies. <laughs> what did you watch, John? <laughs> All right, I don't know. Um, I don't know how much cr- what cross the crossover was between the two of you exactly here. I watched a silent voice. Yeah. Mm. Polly loves that movie. I, I liked love it. that movie, and Ray <laughs> has terrible opinions. Oh, 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 I'm interested. I, I, see, I, can't I, didn't, qu- I couldn't quite remember how it broke down. Yeah, I didn't dislike it. I just I watched A Silent Voice and Your Name like back to back pretty much and and liked both of them about the same. And Polly was like, no, God damn it. I mean, I think Your Name is pretty bad. Yeah, exactly. I, I, love side. I was like, I love, I love, I loved your name. I loved a silent voice. They are very different movies, I would say. Oh, sure, 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 sure. I think they came out the same year, and they, that's why they yeah, got that's why against each other. That's why. Oh, that's awesome. funny. Yeah. Both better than weathering with you. Ooh, that's my hot take. Ooh, and weathering with you. Hmm. Um. So this is the one. The, your, silent voice is the one where all I knew was the premise, mm-hmm. which is that it's about a a guy who, as a kid. Bullied a deaf girl at school, and it's really rough. And, it's hard to watch. Yeah, and then they and then 
they meet up again as adults and like form a friendship. And that is such a premise. That it's, is a premise and a half. Huh? It's real fucking heavy. It's it was like, real good. Man, like, I don't know how you're going to do this and make this feel like like, like going into mm-hmm. it the first time. Like, how are you going to do this and make this feel genuine and, and, and not awful? And it's just like, oh, no, it feels awful in all the ways that it's supposed <laughs> to feel awful. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way they kind of construct that relationship of him kind of like trying to make amends uh, mm-hmm. after all of this. Yeah. And it's just it is a bumpy fucking ride. Yeah. It is ugly it's and so fraught much. and fraught with so much. Whew. It's rough. <sighs> it's it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um I loved so many of the characters in this one. His mom is so sweet. Oh, His mom God. is so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's like up there with the Toradora mom. <laughs> oh god, they're both so good. Yeah, I really love Ryuji's mom. She tries mm-hmm. so hard. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! She, the, the mom in silent voice, tried has to try very hard. Um, didn't the dub have an actual deaf actor do the voice of one uh, of the leads? And I believe the, so. Both the Japanese and the uh, English dub used a deaf actress for uh, mm-hmm. the main female lead. Yes, good. That's really nice. Um, that's really cool. Um, I, I was just, I was just very moved by this story that. Our first twenty minutes is really brutal. Oh, God. Yeah, it's it, it's it's exactly like when we watched Watamote, and if at any point they would have bullied Kuroko going through what she was going through, you couldn't have stood it. You couldn't have stood it. And this is like this is oh, that movie. This is that movie. This is the part mm-hmm. where she's actually bullied for her differences, and it 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 hurts really bad. <sighs> I, I feel like this is going to be a theme with both movies here, but they just like, um, it's so not overdone. It's yeah. so not overstated. No. Um, the, just the bullying especially is it's just like, just, it's exactly the things shitty kid, you know, you do when you're a shitty kid and, uh-huh. um, kids are often the cruelest people. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. It, yeah. It really captured that like cruelty of children. Very, yeah. Painfully and <laughs> like it's an honest look at what bullying mm-hmm. looks like. Um, and it, yeah, it's it's not meant to be pretty. It's meant to be unsettling. It's meant to put you in the right mindset of where you need to be to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so that it it's a really really nice movie. Ultimately, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's something. Um, like I did not have any understanding of going into it. Is like. That it's ultimately like a very warm and kind-hearted movie, I yeah. think. Um, yeah, I I, I, cry, I cried a lot at the end. Oh, yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. it was really sweet. Yeah, it's uh, man, I know that shit hit real fucking hard. I was like, I wasn't watching it, watching it myself. I was watching it with a bunch of people. I'm like, oh no, this is going terribly for me. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I fucking I fucking loved that. I thought it was really really well done. I thought um like I kind of talked about this a lot, but like last year I like played a lot of RPGs that were like mm-hmm. um crappy man does shitty things and then feels bad about it. Yeah. <laughs> and like kind of drawing threads from like or not even like crappy man, but just like a dude does shitty things 
like off usually to a woman and feels really bad about it. Like I was kind of drawing threads between like trails third and Xeno gears yeah. and like yeah. kind of realizing like, boy, this is a common trope and a lot of things I like. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but like, but it's like John has uh, specific tastes. <laughs> That's I, I feel like a silent voice is like, it doesn't go, it doesn't, I feel like it hits a lot harder by being a, a, a much smaller, realer like crime basically it's very grounded in reality um there's nothing over the top about the bullying uh that the main character goes through there's nothing over the top about the 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 mental struggles that the main character the main dude character is going through uh it's all very Mm -hmm. real and it's sobering and you probably relate to it at some on some level to one of these characters in one way or another um and it's very uncomfortable um and it's yeah. suppo- and it's supposed to be like we 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 often enjoy media that puts us in a in a place that makes you feel something and i think that the fact that it makes you feel something like that that's very real means that it's very potent and it's very well fucking put together it's very well researched and a lot of heart went into writing and making it mhm uh yeah 10,000% just like i feel like this is a more responsible version of that story to me just because yeah. the 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 pain here is a lot less like you know big and operatic and instead it's just like that very grounded there's thing no instead quick of, like, fix it's not immediate like we can fix this there's a lot of trepidation there's a lot of bumps along the road it's not always pretty it's ugly uh-huh. it's it's honest in a way that actual human relationships uh have to be uh to get through things sometimes uh mm-hmm. and uh the place they kind of end up with that by the end of the film feels very satisfying because they spent the past 90 minutes earning everything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i feel like even though it's like it definitely ishida's story mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. i feel like it does a lot to um I think it does a lot to like not be dehu- as dehumanizing for Nishimiya. Not at um, all. It's in no way like if it, like she's the most human character in that show mm-hmm. in that movie, rather than just feeling like a prop for his. Yeah, journey. she's not. That that is exactly why that movie works. Is that she is not a prop. These are two characters that are both at the end of a shitty situation that are trying to work towards a medium and to work past it and find a new normal. Um, mm-hmm. without either of them kind of being like, I guess, cast as a villain or a heroine. It's just, it's just real normal human shit. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, like it's, everything's very humanized. I, I feel like in that one, like every, I kept trying to like put people in boxes mm. like, Oh, this is the, this is the, the horror. This is the irredeemable shithead over here. This is the. <laughs> This is the perfect nice person, and then like there is an irredeemable shithead in this movie. There, there, there is. <laughs> I mean, she is an yeah. irredeemable shithead. She sucks a lot. Holy yeah. fuck! <laughs> like I wanted to body slam her through a table. <laughs> <laughs> but even the way they resolved that, it kind of getting into her head a little more. Yeah, like, like it left her like like the character is still left with something to think about. Hmm. Just like it. It, that that's that person's a shithead in the way that real people are shitheads. Yes, basically. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Zelaz in the chat. Baka. Baka. <laughs> yep. That's a good moment. <laughs> um, but I think the one that I think the I'm doing my best was the one that gutted me the most. Oh, so God. yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
I can remember so, all the. I'm sitting here, literally right now, holding it all back because I can feel oh, it welling up because oh, of how man. hard that movie fucking hits me. Okay. <laughs> it went up for the Mainichi Film Award for Best Animation, but lost to Your Name. Oh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Um, I watched another movie. Uh huh. It's also a Naoko Yamada movie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It turns out she's extremely good at making movies. Oh. At least on off. I've got my. I've got my. I watched Liz and the Bluebird. Oh yeah. I've not seen this. I really like this movie, Polly. Uh uh huh. What is um, it? What is it about? Dude, it's fill us in. Okay. So. It is about two high school girls in band, in a band, in in their concert band at school. Mm -hmm. They're both learning basically like the duet part of a larger piece for their thing. Um, And it's pretty clear, like right off the bat, that one of them is just desperately in love with the other one. Just just head over heels. She's very, she's Mizore. She's extremely like quiet. She's very, she, struggles to she does not seem like mean or standoffish but but she's like not just shy but also like does not really take an interest in other people yeah. <laughs> very much extremely kind of dependent on the other girl yeah on the on nozomi um and just like and and nozomi is very extroverted and has a lot of friends and mm. kind of kind of adopted mizore like at the start of school um this is so this movie is centers around like concert band, like being in a concert band at school mm-hmm. and the main character is an oboist and bassoonists play a major part in this movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> this was, you were a this movie. Player. Yeah. This movie got me so that like, there are lots of shots of Mizore like scraping away at her read at her desk. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I just got blast oh, from the past. And all of this yeah, double was- read shit. As soon as you said, yeah. As soon as you said, bassoon player, I was like, "Oh, I know where this is going." The the double one of them is like, "Us double reeds need to stick together." And I was like, "Yes!" (laughs) When she soaks her reed in water before she plays, I was like, (laughs) "Just it, 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 they, the way that the tenor of the instruments." tells a story mm-hmm. also throughout the movie. Like the, a lot of the times the, the performances aren't quite perfect. Like they, they are not just like perfect, mm-hmm. um, like uh, studio, studio orchestra performances. They are like the, the music that these characters perform in with, on their instruments, on their oboe. There's so much good oboe music in this movie The the, when the bassoonists walk in, they, they play a bassoon, uh, when the other double reads walk and they play a bassoon oboe um, duet in the background as they're like themed, it's it's almost it's very like um, oh, fuck. What's that? Um, Fo- Fox and the Hound, Fo- not Fox and the Hound. There's there's like a very old yeah. classic thing they play in school where like Peter and the Wolf is it's very is very Peter and the Wolf uh, with the with the how the music plays out in the movie. Um, and I, I just loved all of the details to do with that stuff. I thought it was like extremely well done and that plays into the actual emotional journey here in a very visceral, beautiful way mm. near the end. Um, I think what I, one thing I really liked about this is that I don't feel like this movie hides anything from you. 
like the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like near the start, like three minutes into the movie, they're like, there's a little bit of a framing story where they're talking about Liz and the Bluebird, which is the story of the the music that the music they're performing was based on. And they cut to like this beautiful, like Ghibli animate Ghibli looking animated sequence with these characters for that. Um, which, which is always really striking. Um, and then they get to, they, they like sit, lay out the story of Liz and the Bluebird. It's like Liz met this blue, this, this lovely Bluebird um, who turned into a person and then they're, they're together and they love each other. But then ultimately she has to set the bluebird free um, because she feels that she's like caged down and they have to part at the end. And, and then one of them is like, I feel like we're kind of like them. Oh, <laughs> yeah. like, no. like right at the start of the movie. And you're like, oh, okay, I dear. know where this is well, going. Well, I know where I'm going to be in the next 90 minutes. Um, they just tell you that. And then, like at every step, the the body language of this movie is so real. Um, if you want to like communicate how gay somebody is with body <laughs> language, I feel like this movie is a masterclass in this because Mizore just like the little fiddles with her hair, all the little motions, like all of the ways that they animate her are like you just know exactly what she's feeling without them having to say anything. Yeah, and it was really yeah. weird when she like, she made her fingers into a V pressed them to her lips and put her <laughs> tongue out and just started going, la, 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 la. man, it's just, it just kind of really on nail on the head moment. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, so I was just like very brought in by that mm-hmm. and then also it's like okay here's a very quiet movie where nothing happens where not, nothing really happens it's yeah. just like la di da di da um and you know where it's going and there's no real twists or surprises and it just you're you are experiencing the emotional journey at like exactly the same rate as the people on screen mm-hmm. And just by the last like 20 to 30 minutes, I was just like in my in, in on the couch, clutching my pillow, just like really, 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 really moved. Because um, like ultimately Nozomi does not really feel the same way as Mizore. Yeah, it's it, yeah, yeah. like that, that kind of a realistic thing here, you know, it's it's extremely realistic and the 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 there are surprises in terms of like who is kind of taking initiative who is like being proactive in the in the last third or so mm-hmm. who what what who is making the changes that need to happen here um but like it's not also not really a surprise because you are just watch them get exactly to that point like i i just feel like this is a small very real thing because like even a silent voice in comparison has like multiple on-screen like big very very big moments of like a character Mm -hmm. attempting suicide like oh yeah um, and that stuff is still obviously very real and it feels very real in that context um but like in this one it's even it's even more like small scale than that while still like kind of hurting a lot and still cutting into something really real. Mm -hmm. 
So I, I in a way, I kind of like this one just as much. I was just like really blown away by how they effectively they communicated this this kind of this very singular character journey. Very so, cool. Like this is definitely on my two watch list now. Yeah, nice. So that's Nanako Yamada. Yeah. Um, her other things were the T- Tamoko Market movie. Um, say it. Say it. I went on and, and, and of course the entire classic series um Kyo Annie series K-On and the K-On movie. I I I think I just broke. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm like, wow, I didn't know Silent Voice and uh Liz uh-huh. the Blue Bird had the same director and then I go on her page. Uh-huh. Directed all of K-On. I'm like, uh-huh. oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, hey, source material, you know, what can you do? I mean, yeah, like, what you, like, you can only work with what you got, and K-On ain't got a lot. <laughs> so, the, so I, yeah, the interesting thing to me about Liz and the Bluebird, obviously, I really like the movie. I've seen it twice, mm-hmm. but I have a very different context for it because those are characters from Hebe-K Euphonium. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in how that how that changes things for you. Yeah, for sure. Like they have a whole arc in season two. And okay, this so I don't, need, I don't need to actually know you fo- sound euphonium to know no, you don't to, to appreciate yeah. no, this movie. It's just one them. of those. It's one of those things where it's just like it, with this added context, it may uh, shine a little more. Or yeah, I was just mm-hmm. interested in how John would approach it, having not seen the series, and that was it was really just cool like here. <laughs> Perfect, perfect character story about these yeah. two. Like, I felt like they shared everything I needed to know mm-hmm. about them in the context yeah. of this movie. Mm. But if you do want more of them, they're in season two a bunch. Oh. Duly noted. That's good. That so, wait, does the movie take place like... Yeah, the movie is between... It's after season two. Oh. Or actually, actually, God, it's kind of weird. It might be concurrent to season two. Because <laughs> I, I think they say Liz and the Bluebird as the song they're performing in season two. Mm. But, like, the movie is a standalone. It's fine. Well, the, this was this was a like I don't necessarily expect like sound euphonium to be like the same type of thing exactly, but this was an yeah. extremely strong introduction to that universe for yeah. sure. It this is very, very good. The most actual think, lesbian story being told in sound euphonium, <laughs> some might say. Shut up! Hey shut man, up. I'm not letting that go. I don't. I'm not here for Yuri bait, friend. Well, I mean, that's wow. the thing. If you if you go into this with like a certain, I could imagine people being annoyed at Liz and the Bluebird because this is like the uncharitable read here is that this is another story about like how two gay, girls, how having, two girls have, can't possibly have an actual relationship. Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. And then, and then but literally like, and then they have to leave these childish things behind so that they can go do their real life and right. probably that's, get married. That's up. like the read that you can get from it. That's like very, uh, yeah, but, but I feel that like mm-hmm. knowing how uh, the person who directed it, tells stories i kind of just don't i feel like it's more of just like hey like uh more of like a missed connection kind of story rather than uh you know like i trust this director a lot more with what maybe she's trying to say than i would (laughs) this story in other hands maybe i to me i kind of took it away as just like this is the story this to me was the story of like a really cool uh, a young queer girl having just this absolute head over heels, hopeless crush in her cool yeah. straight friend and the cool straight <laughs> friend being kind of self-centered and liking the attention and not really knowing and what not, to do. Yeah. 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 Cause there's definitely a, a, a shitty way that you can go about that and exploring uh-huh. that sp- and exploring that space can be really cool. I think that, it, you know, and, and, and because it's again, much like a silent voice, 
It's grounded in reality because that can happen. Like, I've seen it happen a number of times where, you know, gay person maybe being a little overly flirty with straight person. Straight person like that attention and maybe, mm-hmm. you know, things kind of go a little sideways and things need to be corrected. So I can see like this. That it's being very so, real. That can be that 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 can be fine material for a movie. And it sounds like this is yeah. really approaching that from the proper yeah. standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I was very moved. This was very, um, cool. it's, it's nice getting out of the, the bubble of like specifically like Ghibli, Shinkai. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hasoda. Mm. <laughs> Cause like I, like I've, I've gotten bored with like later, later entries from all of those people. And yeah. it's kind of like, and I was like, Oh, there is, there is other, there are other anime movies. Mm, that aren't even, there are. Yeah. I was going to say that aren't even spinoffs of anime, but then realized this technically is. Yeah. <laughs> it's got that. It's weird because it is the most standalone. Like you wouldn't watch Review Starlight movie without the series, but this one you can't totally watch without the series. It's very funny that Liz and the Bluebird is basically the same. They almost plays out as that. like the same story as Liz, as Review Starlight movie. I was going to say, like, the thing about sound euphonium in general is that it's that it's the same style of like. These are really big stakes to the characters living them, even though it's it's small high school drama. Yeah, yeah. Like every, every everything in that series feels so important to the characters. Mm-hmm. But it's like, well, we're all the main art- character of our own lives yeah. and we all have things yeah, in our yeah. lives that we've had gone through. That's like, this is the end of the world. Literal end of yeah. the world is happening right now. And it's literally a fucking blip on the radar. Mm-hmm. It's like, who's going to play lead trumpet in the concert is like a big fucking deal. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're very mad and dramatic. About and it's, it. just like, it's just it, a fucking high school band. People chill. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought about the oboe stuff in this movie because, but I had that same experience watching Sound euphonium because one of the main characters plays trumpet. Uh, yes, and, yeah. and they do marching band stuff. So yes. I still had that all that. <laughs> oh, it, the nostalgia's coming back to me when I watch this show. Now we just need a drummy, just, a drumming anime, and we can finally pull me into this genre. God, I can't believe there's not a drummer girl in this show. Oh, there could be, it. like, there is a boy who drums, but mm. is, is am I stuck with Ritsu? Is that like the only good drummer character <laughs> that I get? Oh, right, like yeah, Ritsu is like so. the best. Like, like it's fine because Ritsu is unfortunately the best character in her show. If you take her out and put her in her own show, <laughs> you put her in something worthwhile. You know, give her a story. Yeah, but yeah, she's like the only good character in Kaon, and it's great. Yeah. Like, I only have one character I can relate to as a drummer. Fantastic. Toho's got a great drummer girl, though, but they ain't no really official material about mm-hmm. her other than the game she's in. So. Tragic. Yeah. <sighs> that was my that was my anime adventure. That was my anime movie adventure. It was, I was very funny when I was freaking out yesterday. I was like, what am I so when I was freaking out? I'm like, oh, God, what am I going to do? What am I going to media? And then I was like, have you watched anime? No. Have you tried watching anime? And I was like, oh, I watched anime and it was very good. I like anime because it's can tend to be low commitment. Like, yeah. hey, watch a movie or, you know, a 12 episode series. Yeah. yeah. Rather than 20 hour JRPG. Yeah. It's nice to, it's nice to kind of cut. I, I, it's nice to cut the longer form game stuff with that, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need, to, I, need cool. to get, I need to get, I need to get my anime stuff going again because I think 86 just finished airing. So I need to 
We yeah. need to get that going because I need to watch that. All right. So, oh, okay. Like, and, and you've been, yeah, John, you've been on a hell of a movie. Like, like not just anime movies. Like, we, oh. we've watched, we've watched a lot of movies. We, like, me and John have watched Absolutely. like four movies together over the last couple months or so. And it's been, yeah, we've been, really we've been, good. we've been eating up a ton. If you, if you want I mean, to talk I'll, about I'll that, little, I'll take, I'll take a little detour here. Sure. Um, sure. Me, me and John have been watching, uh, just some Martin Scorsese flicks because Martin Scorsese, yep. I think I'd say is my favorite director. Just, ever awesome um so like we 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 watched uh, the last temptation of christ um we watched topical. raging bull yeah topical <laughs> by the way um uh and, and those were great like those were just like oh you gotta get the feeling for what scorsese does in terms of like drama and and the way that he frames those types of stories mm-hmm. and 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 um and then like John got his first potent shot of Robert De Niro just like being this acting chameleon of just like this is your first impression of Robert De Niro in Raging Bull. It's just like, oh, okay, <laughs> that is a character study. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. I mean, the dude gained sixty pounds to to to, to <sighs> film the the last like third of that movie. He gained sixty pounds to do oh that. My God. It's not a fat suit. He gained sixty pounds to do it. Um. Uh, but yeah, like that, and and then and then we go from that to the King of Comedy, which is like this black comedy starring him, uh, Robert De Niro and Jerry Lewis, um, and about like it's just about like an obsessive fan, like put, uh, trying to insert himself into this other comic's life, and like a lot of crazy shit happens in that, and <laughs> it, it ends up being a very funny movie, but for a lot of just really uncomfortable, weird reasons. Um, it's yeah. so fucking choice. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure um, it inspired a lot of Joker. Um, oh but, yeah, it's absolutely. I mean, like like Robert. But De Niro, this is a much. This seems a lot less dire than that movie. This yeah. is a lot more like funny moment to moment. Yeah. I think. Yeah, Robert De Niro actually is a talk show host in the Joker movie, based on that's so his, funny. Per- his performance as as Rupert Pumpkin in uh, in in the King of Comedy. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like that, that, like they fully acknowledge that the Joker movie is basically just a note for note ripoff of, uh, <laughs> of the King of Comedy. He's just <laughs> taken to a bigger extreme. And then, and then mm-hmm. I think like the, the coup de grace of the four movies that we, we, we've been through, we, we, I, I, we got John through Cape Fear on Friday. Um, fuck yes. One of the most fantastic thrillers you will ever see in your life. It's, that was, it was so fun. Just like, just like the, just like kind of just like platonic ideal of like a fun thriller. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, Robert De Niro in another role here, just completely divorced yeah. from everything else that he's done. Now he's just like this backwoods hick that got really smart while he was in prison. And, uh, the, the, the level of, of sinister and gross and skin crawling oh, that he is able to portray in this film. It's just like, there are scenes where you will let like, your skin, you will feel it crawling off of your bones with how fucking just tired, awful of a person this man is. Absolutely. It's really, it's, it's a lot. He is a fantastic antagonist, uh, for, uh, for, for a thriller. It's just so absolutely terrifying. 
And I feel like all of those movies are also like really different stylistically. Yeah, like, like that's that's what I've liked the most is like we didn't just kind of like go down the, the the list of like oh here's Taxi Driver, here's Raging Bull, here's Goodfellas, here's Casino. No, we get like take the scenic route. Look at this. Like, mm-hmm. Look at the cool stuff off the beaten path a little bit. Like King of Comedy, I just I don't ever see that one brought up very much, and it's one of my favorites. But it was uh, so good. <laughs> Yeah. Like that's honestly that's honestly probably my favorite of the bunch right now. Yeah, let, I like, really yeah, like yeah. I think that one's probably the strongest one for me right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taxi Driver is on the list. I do believe we're gonna maybe watch that after Silence, which I don't think yeah, either. I've, I've never seen Silence, so uh, that's gonna be a new one for me. But yeah, we're gonna watch uh, we're gonna watch Silence next. I'm here for. This is so. This is just a thing with me. I fucking love like really good religious martyrdom stories. Oh yeah! Like I really liked Last Temptation of Christ. Yeah. I'm, I'm, like once a year, I get really obsessed with Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah. I had that entire Joan of Arc binge mm. like three years ago. Mm. Um, or watched like three movies about her and, and read a textbook about her. <laughs> uh, it it like and Silence is just that. It's like yeah. the one of the like religious martyrdom stories out there and yeah. it's and it's Scorsese. I, f- I feel like Scorsese's like perspective with religious stuff is very interesting and kind of useful. Like you get a lot of that and you obviously get a lot of that in last temptation of Christ. Oh yeah. You get a lot yeah, of that in yeah, Cape yeah. fear. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very excited for where Silas silence goes. Hugo. Hugo um, yeah. Psych, psychic ice mentions Hugo and, um, fuck, uh, uh, Wolf on Wall Street is one of the. Oh, Wolf on Wall Street's incredible. One of the yeah. ones. I, one of the ones I've seen are some of the, and um, uh, Shutter Island. Those are some of the ones I actually have seen. Mm. Uh, all fun. Are all very fun. Yeah. Wolf of Wall Street is very good. Oh yeah, it's gross. I saw that one twice. It's, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that, that's that's him again. Just making a full gross character. Yeah, just having just, so much fun with it. There's nothing that'll make me happier than seeing somebody just play a, 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 and write a gross, just awful human being trash disaster of a person, <laughs> and it just being amazing. Gangs of New York. There you go. We have so much to go, John. <laughs> I know. I, I feel like we'll just keep keep watching them, and then we can bring up like after the next block of four, bring yeah, them up like, on here. Yeah, I just I just thought that like we'd watched four. That felt yeah, like a good time to kind of like let's bring it up. Let's see where we're at. So yeah, next time we watch a few more, and when we get a few more in the bin, we'll do a check in. But yeah, going going through this like like again, my favorite director of all time. So I'm just here for cool. it. And I've seen most of these movies anyway, so but Silence is gonna be new so for me. It's, it's so gonna funny. be new, and I'm I'm already kind of preparing myself. Like, all right, let's just uh, <laughs> okay. Here we go. I remember at the start just being like, all right, let's. I'm worried about the long run times, but let's let's hope for the. I, I maybe maybe because like at the start of the year, I was like not feeling like I could even watch movies basically, yeah, yeah. and that's just um, watching these with you and watching uh, these anime movies with Cecile. Uh, I just feel like I'm exercising that whole kind of attention span a lot better yeah, for the first yeah. for the first time in a while. Yeah, it's like really I've, nice. I've not watched movies at all in probably two or three years. So it's and, the pan- and, I, uh, I and I don't watch movies. Say that during the pandemic. I don't tend to watch movies by myself because I think it's a little boring. I just kind of like like even if I'm not mm-hmm. going to sit there talking with somebody the whole time, it's just nice to have somebody around to watch it with. So like that's kind of like yeah, okay. Like, so, when, so when John brought up the idea of like let's watch some Scorsese movies, sometimes, I'm like, well, I'm you sure? Okay, I'll do it. Sure, yeah. So we just Fuck roll yeah. like that. Yeah. All right, but that's yeah, that was kind of like the just two. Little, there we go, two fucking every, stunning directors. There you go. 
So yeah, I had a that, great time here. That's my little di- like like little side diversion, unplanned segment there. Yeah. We'll throw it over to Rhett. How you doing, Rhett? Yeah. Hi. Hey. I'm here too. I'm at the same place as John was at the start of the year of two hour movie. I can't. I don't have that fucking attention span. <laughs> Maybe mm-hmm. I'll get there again someday. You will. I believe in you. It's like it's like watching like f- five episodes of anime. Yeah. See, the thing is, I don't watch five episodes of anime in a row. <laughs> oh, oh! It's like it's it's very specifically like I only have to commit to twenty three minutes, mm-hmm. and like and then I, then I can look at Twitter and bail or keep going. Right? Like it, it, you have those exit points. Yeah, I usually will like block like. All right, all right, all right. We're halfway through. <laughs> Let's take like ten fifteen minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Chill out for a minute, eat, eat, maybe munch on something, and then 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 hop and back in. Although we did not do that with Cape Fear. Not with you Cape can't Fear stop. No, nah, you you can't stop through. that. That 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 movie is such a thriller, and you're on the edge of your seat the whole time. I was just like, I don't. I hope we don't take a break during the middle of this because I think it would mess with the vibe a little bit. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like we I did not need one. one. Yeah, like that one was just like, yeah, we're going, we're going. <laughs> yeah, right. So, I have done it. Yeah. I have finished Elden Ring. Oh, baby, here we go. Finally, it happened. The impossible is made possible only by his hands. (laughs) I mean, other people have beaten this game. It is a very long game. It sounds exhaustively long. It's it's weird because it's like leveling doesn't matter as much in the other games because you get kind of less of an effect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's less main required bosses than I think any of the other games, mm-hmm. except maybe Bloodborne, which is also pretty short. I mean, I, people are beating this game in seven minutes. Well, okay, I did watch that. Uh, was it seven minutes? Yeah, twice? seven I mean, minutes. I think seven. when I watched it, I think when I watched it, it was only sub ten. Mm. But that is that is zipping using exploits oh, that don't okay, work anymore. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's shitty. That's <laughs> shitty. It's not like a bad I mean, ending or something that you can get no. into. Oh, okay. It's just like yeah. Okay. The one I watched was like about ten minutes long, and they zipped, zipped, zipped all over. They intentionally crashed the game a couple times. Uh, okay. They they used a pre-patch version for like a weapon that got nerfed afterwards. Uh, okay. Yeah. So they did fight one boss, <laughs> not the last boss, ironically. <laughs> So it it was like okay, this is kind. Of, I get the speedruns will do anything that it takes to win, like you know, Ocarina of Time or Mario Three, where they just sure. literally warp to the end. I got no <laughs> problem with those kinds of speedruns. I just think that yeah. they're not very but interesting. I just, felt, I just felt that this was not actually representative. You could beat Elden Ring in seven minutes. Yeah. I also heard of one that's like beating the game in an hour. Mm-hmm. I'm more interested in that because I think that might be legit. Yeah, if because you just now you're actually hopefully yeah. interacting with the game at some point. There mm-hmm. is. One of the zips in the speedrunner was crazy because it was like, we're going to get to the fog door for the last boss, then zip away from it <laughs> because getting close to the door loads it loads in. Loads it in, right. So then you zip away from it into the void and fall to your death, but the final boss will fall and die oh, sooner than you. That's very stupid. <laughs> so as soon as you respawn, you respawn at the thing that ends the game. <laughs> that's, that's very stupid. Like, it's crazy people find this stuff so quickly after like a month and a half. Elden Ring is like the game that like speedrunners like day one, they were already just looking for shit. They were looking for seams that like there were people yeah. that were playing that game, not with the intent of finishing it, but just finding shit. So 
That's not surprising because they knew that that was going to be a big speed game going forward. And Mm -hmm. like, yeah, like the day that game launched, people were like, they were just running into walls, grinding (laughs) against walls, trying to jump through things that they weren't even trying to finish the game. So, yeah. So the speed run thing ended up being like stand with one foot on your ledge on, on one foot on a rock two hand the katana and like spam block mm-hmm. and that'll s- somehow occasionally zip you forward like a billion miles away i saw i saw a thing of people like using a metronome to get the timing right because oh, wow. it's like it's like rec- you have to like block like several times in a row mm-hmm. frame perfect or something it, it you know <laughs> Again, it's a legit speed run. It's not how people actually play Elden no, Ring. No, no, yeah. You played you played Elden Ring. Yeah. In all its normal glory, how how did you come away from it? Uh, I came away from it feeling fucking great. Oh well, there you go. It all came, <laughs> yes. it all came together. This is what I was hoping for because everybody, I, yeah. everybody I had talked to had been like, the end game is trash. I I legitimately don't understand that because like. There are a few moments where it's you get to the end of a dungeon, you fight a boss you've seen before again, and you go, oh, really? <laughs> like, there's one in particular that I saw a bunch of people bitching about where it's just like, you see what you thought was this b- big major story boss show up at the end of a mine, mm-hmm. and it just, it's that one in particular is pretty deflating. Mm-hmm. Especially because, like, in the final kind of big open world area, the the mine I found there and the cave I found there had unique t- looks to them. Mm-hmm. Like they retextured the whole thing to fit the area you're in. And that was really cool. It was like, oh, I'm, you know, exploring this really pretty area and it looks different than every other, you know, cave in the game. And then you fight <laughs> another one of them at the end. Yay! Except it has one new magic attack this time that it might not use. Mm. <laughs> and it's just otherwise the exact same fight. So, I mean, there are definitely aspects where this game spreads itself too thin in terms Mm -hmm. of content. Like, every not every boss gets reused, but almost all of them Mm -hmm. get reused at some point. Mm -hmm. Like, I think there's basically a Margit reskin towards the end, which is kind of, like, weird. Like, oh, now it spams way more knives. Oh, good. Okay. (laughs) Margit is like the first main story boss that most people fight. Yeah, that's the um, that's the boss that I hear the most about, yeah. I think. Yeah. But overall, like if you're looking for Dark Souls in this, which I think a lot of people were, this game ends with like one of them is optional and I happen to find them both at the same time. There's just these two massive like Demon Souls levels right at the end. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And they're just so good. Yes. So good. I was just like, oh, this is they're ending on for me the highest high possible of just mm-hmm. having this one and again, I've seen people, oh, it's too easy to fall to your death here. I like spent like half an hour on this first area just because I was trying to get every item, even though you could just kind of run to the end, mm-hmm. having such a great time dying constantly. Cause when I first got there, I was like, oh, these enemies ain't shit, but then the area you're fighting in is just and if you take one to the step to the left you die because <laughs> you're, you're fighting on the branches of this giant tree at oh, the top oh that's perilous yeah it's very perilous you fall to your death a lot it's very funny good it's just such a soul's ass level yeah 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 absolutely and then so there's that place which it which does have 
one motherfucker of a boss at the end, the optional super boss that people are also bitching about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll I'll say I I don't feel I broke the game, but I, you know, used all available tools to win, except for summoning other players. But of course, you use that mimic tier because yeah. this game feels a little impossible without that mimic tier, even mm. post nerf. Mm. I think I did see the difficulty discourse around this game get kind of shitty mm-hmm. in the last couple of weeks. But it's weird where it's not like where, with Metroid, it was like, this game is too hard. And this time it's coming from the other end. It's Souls veterans being like, this game is too easy. Summoning makes this too easy. I am artificially handicapping myself and not using summons, and now it's too hard again. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like Souls has always been about doing everything you can. To yeah, win. it's about persevering no matter what. Yeah, that's kind of how I've always approached the Souls games. Because mm-hmm. literally everything you do is in the effort is to the goal of making it easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You level up, you upgrade your weapons, you upgrade, you get new armor, you up, you know, every, you, you learn and get better at the game. That's, you know, and then you do challenge and then you do challenge runs like once you're already familiar with it, you're ready to start good at it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I can see the discourse around summons being like, I don't like that they balanced around it because a lot of the bosses do feel really difficult and it it is very different from how souls games tend to go yeah like like i understand like being a little upset that summoning is like oh Mm. you have to do it because the game accounts for it i understand that being kind of crappy i get that but it's when people are like refusing to summon and then and then holding that against the game like you're trying to make the (laughs) game into something that it wasn't made for you are trying to literally Faerun this game in the way that I (laughs) fucked around with Faerun and got mad at it for not being what I wanted it to be Mm -hmm. because it said this game is not Dark Souls 4 no even though I kind of feel this game is Dark Souls 4 (laughs) I feel like because I remember when uh, Bloodborne came out people were trying to draw that at like Bloodborne came out and people didn't like Dark Souls 2, so people were trying to skip Dark Souls 2 as you know, that's the one Miyazaki didn't work on. Right. The real trilogy is Demon Souls, Dark Souls, Souls Bloodborne. And Bloodborne, yeah. And that never felt right to me, but I think now if you look at the overall scope of these games, that you can make a pretty conclusive argument for Demon Souls, Dark Souls, Elden Ring. <laughs> because sense, yeah. Because the thing that Dark Souls did from Demons is they connected all the levels. Yeah, they they said it's not you know a, t- a hub and a teleporter. It's one big world now. Yeah, and Elden Ring takes that idea of it's one big world and goes. What if it's bigger? <laughs> goes so so immensely big with it. Like, I think this game is weird because I think if you compare it to the other games on any individual aspect, it loses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like. Except for maybe like the last few levels, I think are easily on par with the best parts of Dark or Demons. Nice, but like the bosses probably aren't as good, mm. and they're kind of balanced around summons, you know. Yeah, like, but it's hard. It's just the overall everything of it comes together in such a way for me where I think it's so good. Like awesome. Yeah, like I'm, I'm so happy yeah. that this. I'm so happy that this turned around because for the longest time yeah. I felt like you were real kind of mid on it, 
and, and, and I wasn't it, sure how that end game. About it. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't sure how that end game was going to treat you, since literally everybody I knew hated it. And uh, but the, but the fact that it like turned around, I, thought, I started having a lot more fun when it got annoyingly hard. So I'm just kind of a sicko. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love the last few levels, and I love the last few bosses because I just summoned for them and kind of crushed through. Yeah. <laughs> like it's weird because the arc of these games is always kind of. I don't know what I'm saying here. Is a re- restart that sense of thought. Um, Souls is about you know leveling up and getting stronger to me. So mm-hmm. crushing through the end game where you're literally like fighting gods mm-hmm. felt like thematically appropriate to me. Where it's like I am as extremely powerful as these demigods are in the story. Where it's like, it doesn't feel like, oh, I'm just this level one, you know, undead fighting Gwyn or something. Yeah. Like, there's a moment towards the end, and this is something that very specifically kind of only happened to me. I'm thinking trying to how to word it. There was a place I wanted to go, and I didn't know how to get there because there's teleporters in certain places. Mm -hmm. So then I, I looked it up, and it was like, oh, you go back to this one location right at the start of the game. And there's a teleporter there, and that teleports you somewhere else to a teleporter that wasn't active at the time. Okay. So I'm basically, the long story short is that I went back to the, to the start of the game and just had this, like, nostalgia hit me in a weird way of, like, oh. I can't believe the journey of this game that had started here mm-hmm. when I'm fighting, you know, in these green, kind of toxic green fields, fighting these shitty, you know, decrepit knights, <laughs> and then... Just the way I have grown as a player and the character has grown into, you know, right, yeah. this this towering power wielding two blasphemous great swords of like <laughs> slaying the demigods that hold this land captive. It was just <laughs> such a funny like moment of like reflection and then it, that was like right before the final boss for me. And nice. it just felt really perfect. That's cool as shit. The game does end with like five bosses in a row like i kept seeing names and being like why are there so many boss names left and then it's just practically one after the other oh geez they just roll that shit out huh conveyor belt bosses (laughs) kind of like like the final like true area has two bosses and one of them's optional and then like the at the very end there's a boss and then i guess there's more than i thought there's like final final thing is like boss boss and then a two form boss yeah it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I I kind of wish they just did the Zelda thing and let you use... Actually, I haven't checked that they don't, but I'm pretty sure you can't use the horse for the final boss. Because mm-hmm. it is a real motherfucker on melee when you have to chase after it. Because it's, yeah. it's big and you have to run a lot. I thought mm-hmm. using the horse would be really fun there. Because <laughs> <laughs> for the last boss of Zelda, they let you use the horse. Of course. Or the motorcycle if you did the yeah, DLC. I baby! Had a, I had a stupid time with that game, too. <laughs> that was so funny. I think you chased with the horse in um, Twilight Princess, too. Yeah. They, 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 Twilight they, they, Princess one was so, like... Twilight Princess does some decent horse stuff. It's okay. It's not great. I, I just remember the final boss of Twilight Princess trying to be like, we're doing the last boss of Ocarina. We're doing the last boss of Wind Waker, and we're doing the horse fi- final boss. Like, <laughs> make up your mind on what climax you wanted to go for here, because you fight Ganon like three times. What if end. it's everything? <laughs> Pretty much. 
<laughs> you wanted to fight Zant? How about you fight Ganon three times? Yeah. <laughs> I so still, yeah, I still I, gotta send. I still gotta send somebody my save file so they can get me past the sumo game, though. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate Throwback. the sumo game. Throwback. I hate it. I hate it probably been like 15 years give it up it's been yeah you know what i'm probably never gonna play that game am i they fucking remastered that game by now already on the wii u and i bet the sumo game still sucks true might be easier to send your save file all right i'll 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 send it over to Jetstorm. he'll do it for me (laughs) i will actually pay 12 bucks shipping to do this (laughs) it would be very funny just hell that is i don't know why i can't do it i'm so so bad at video games why do i play video games it's fun to be bad at video games sometimes tom will even stream it there you go (laughs) that would be great perfect so yeah elden ring let's wrap it up this asshole this is, is gonna not- stream fucking Twilight Princess to spite me now. I just know it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, Elden Ring. Sorry. No, it's me. I, I, is- I sidetracked yeah. there. My bad. Just that this is not the Souls like experience I would recommend to you two. That would still be Bloodborne because mm-hmm. that is like to yeah. me the tightest action game they've made. Because yeah. I don't like Sekiro that much. Well, I'm mm-hmm. to play. But like. For me, who already plays games like Skyrim or Witcher 3 or Breath of the Wild, the combination of open world but souls, it's they I feel like so many times, oh, they just made this for me specifically. Oh, oh there you go. Awesome. That feels good. Just the scope of the world, the sense of adventure, it mm-hmm. just it really did all come together for me at the end. That's I had a awesome. great time. That's so fucking cool. cool. I wanted to end positively because I felt like I was kind of negative on it the other two times. Yeah, I, was, I, I just kept holding. I was like, please, like, I didn't want it to suck. I didn't want it to be a bad experience for you having like, because again, mm-hmm. like like you said, like when I heard like open world Dark Souls, it's just like, yeah, there's no reason Rhett's not going to like that. Like, this sounds yeah. like Rhett's jam. <laughs> I, just, so, like, I remember <laughs> you guys looking at footage of the horse and being like, I don't get it. This doesn't seem for me. I watched yeah. like literally literally like two <laughs> seconds closed it and pre-ordered it <laughs> like we're done <laughs> we're in baby i went in to this so blind like i had seen about two seconds of footage and went fucking yep let's go yep, yep. like I, I think the way to describe this would be like it's demon souls but it takes you like two hours to get to one one that's cool because that's cool because there's a you have to you have to make every journey between the levels on foot or on horse mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's awesome. Cool. So I guess. I All right, right. Rolls, Thanks for sharing that. Hey, Rhett. Yeah. What's your favorite solo Wu Tang album? <laughs> oh no! Wait a minute. You should know. I, you are. You told us the last time we were here. What's your favorite one? It had a cool name in yeah, there. Right, favorite note. My favorite one. Yeah. Frantically typing Wu Tang. Was it? Was it Liquid Swords? Yep. Was it? Yeah. There we go. John remembered Rhett's favorite. John remembered. It's a good thing John remembered Rhett's favorite solo Wu Tang album. Uh, I fucked up. Liquid Swords. Yep. Is it sword or swords? Uh, swords. Okay. Yeah. 
Multiple scores is cooler multiple. Than yeah, important. it's way cooler. True. Yeah, Poncho Smith's not wrong. Supreme clientele is pretty good too. Like that's kind of the holy trinity is is liquid swords only built for Cuban links and uh, and, Supre- and supreme clientele. Like, there you go. Either of those three, you can't go wrong with. Perfect. Yeah. All right. How's everybody doing? How y'all doing? I'm doing well. You doing well? Doing well. How about you, Rhett? Are you doing well? Doing great. Doing great. I'm doing even better because we're about to have the poly segment. Oh, we're going to have a me segment? What? Absolutely. No, me. I can have one. I get my own yeah, we'll segment. You'll let me have oh, one. Get- wait, wait, wait. What? You're getting two now? I'm getting. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You uh-oh. Get- getting too big for my pants now. That's why, I got, that's why I got a skirt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's a dumb joke. Yep, made I appreciate no, it. Made no damn sense at all. Because the waistband would still be the same size. I, you keep explaining the joke, Polly. It's funnier that way. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Always. <laughs> I mean, I'm having the opposite issue. I'm too small for my pants now. I'm proud of you, motherfucker. Everybody, I want everybody to give it up for my pal Red. He's put in a lot of work for self-improvement over the last six months or so, and dude deserves big fucking round of applause. Just fucking killing it out here. Proud of you, dude. Proud of you. you. From the bottom of my fucking heart, I mean that, too. (laughs) When you said actor gained 60 pounds, it... That scared me so that much. Got, like I can imagine, like, like having more reference now for how much that is. Like, mm-hmm. holy fuck, what? Why would no? Yeah, no. Yeah, like, but like when you were in Hollywood and you got the kind of trainers and shit that Robert De Niro has access to. Like, yeah, guarantee he was able to but, knock that. But off. also, but also, oh no, training and exercise. Fuck that too. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> we cannot. We're not having that. We're just gonna do it with good diet. Yeah. Yeah, you're killing it, man. You're gonna have to write a book on the diet you're doing because Jesus Christ. I have to I have to contact Crony and get her to actually say just eat less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just send a red super chat, Rhett. That's all you gotta do. I, honestly to God, I've thought about it. <laughs> what, for Should this we- specific purpose? Well, just like I'm not actually going to do it, but I thought I've seen some pretty like stupid super chats from oh, yeah. people. Yeah. If somebody sent a super chat saying like, Hey, you inspired me to lose 50 pounds. They, they think that was pretty cool. I think I would think so. Yeah. But it's also funny when it's in the context of just eat using less. something you didn't actually say you just eat less. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> But that idea did cross my mind. I mean, it's pretty funny. I would, I would give it up for you for that. And if, that, and if that's what inspired you to get your shit together and and then start making th- makes making positive changes, who's who's to argue, right? Yeah. Like who who cares what inspires you to make changes to, to better yourself so yeah. long as you stick to doing that? So yeah, again, something to be very proud of, and I'm fucking yeah. proud of you. So she does does have a very like matter of fact way of saying some things like yeah oh so oh if you're playing a horror game just don't be scared just don't be like, scared easy. just don't be scared just oh, you want to go do- go on a diet just eat less just like she would less. say something she like is that. very yeah i just kind of love the way she deadpans everything i appreciate that yeah 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 uh i've i yeah how do we feel about visual novels on the the socks cast do we like them i like them you I like think those? pretty good yeah 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 visual novels are pretty good because i did read one Oh one. yeah, I read one. Uh, I read Robotics Notes Elite. 
Oh, oh yes. But this is a, uh, a, a, a sort of a remastered version of the original robotics mm-hmm. notes that kind of basically fixes some pacing issues. I think that the original had, um, and mm-hmm. adds, uh, adds a little bit more production to it. Like they added some anime cutscenes here and there and, uh, kind of, sp- I think they're, I think it's oh. like the Steinsgate elite where, yeah. cause Steinsgate elite, like they just remade the entire visual novel with the anime. Like they just, uh, it, it's really interesting, and I'm interested in checking out that version. I own it, so, uh, but yeah, they, but they didn't do that with this. This is still like that mm-hmm. original game with its original presentation. It's just they inserted some uh, scenes from the anime into it. Um, cool. uh, but anyway, for those who don't know, Robotics Notes is a visual novel in what is known as the Science Adventure series, which mm-hmm. I think is primarily probably known for Steins Gate. Yeah. Um, but it's pr- it's pretty damn expansive at this point. Like there are a lot of games in the science adventure. There's like Chaos Child, Chaos Head, Steins Gate, Robotics Notes, Robotics Notes Dash. Uh, <laughs> there's there's a lot going yeah. on. I was looking it up. I think Robotics Note is actually like technically a spinoff from the main line. Mm-hmm. No, like uh, that's Robotics Notes Dash, I think. Uh, uh, it's, it's oh, easy to keep track of. <laughs> it's well, like, but the thing is, don't let that semicolon scare you. Like, like you yeah. don't need you don't need to have experienced like Chaos Head or Chaos Child or Steins Gate to 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 mm-hmm. enjoy this. You might you'll get some references, uh, but but they're not required uh, for what uh, this story's doing. So just don't let that. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't let that scare you off mm-hmm. if you're looking at okay. giving this a go. Um, but basically, like, the, the, the science adventure series is basically, like, these stories that take a lot of real-world hard science um, and psychology, and they twist them up with a good bit of, like, fun pseudoscience to make these really just meaty, over-the-top stories with big stakes that manage to feel both, like, absurd but also grounded and believable because they're so entrenched with all of that real world science going into it so everything mm-hmm. feels really credible it's like the idea in Steins Gate that they made a time machine using a fucking microwave it's <laughs> stupid as fuck but then they, before they reveal that they go through all of this science to justify it that's interspersed mm-hmm. with all this pseudoscience and that's how you get games in this series and I think that it like works really well I think the Zero Escape is also a really good touchstone for that kind of thing too, where there's a lot of real world psychology and science in those games, but they kind Mm -hmm. of mix in some bullshit in there to make it (laughs) a little nicer, you know, a little more easier to digest to make make a little more fun. Yeah, exactly. It's all in the name of fun. Um, but I think the science is like a real core, like it's a real passion for why this series, ex- why these series of games exist, I think, is because it feels like the people behind them are really actually interested in the hard science and wanted to do fun cool. things with it. Um, so what is Robotics Notes in this story then? Robotics Notes is a story about a couple of high school students who are childhood friends that are looking to continue the work of the robotics club at their high school. Um and throughout most of the game, we, we see this story through the main character, Kaito, who um, he's this kind of aloof dude that just kind of wants to play video games and doesn't really have all that much of an interest in, uh, in robotics himself. He actually just doesn't care um, mm-hmm. to the point to where it's almost annoying because of, of how far they're going to show how much this guy just doesn't give <laughs> a single shit about all the stuff that his friend is working hard for. <laughs> and it's just like, 
like, okay, this, you're, you're a little, you're overdoing it a little, but maybe there's something here. Um, but, but the reason he's sticking to it, the reason he's there is because he made a promise to the other character's sister that he would look after her, um, when she left, uh, to go, you know, be, uh, to be an adult, basically. Uh, and since he kind of like, let, like, this this older sister figure was sort of like his first crush you know it's just like your first love growing up is just, you know it's a very cute thing of just like you know it's never going to happen so you know you're kind of learning to let that go and all that fun stuff so um mm-hmm. and then uh his 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 co-protagonist is Akiho and is she is the driving force behind the story just a ball of energy that just so bright and energetic and so much excitement for achieving her dreams that it's very infectious. She's just right out the gate, such a charming and amazing character uh, to kind of bounce off of this guy that's just kind of like, dude, like, you're such a drag. <laughs> why, why are you like this when you like when you have somebody this bright in your life right now? Uh, but she's very gung ho about robots, and her dream is to build a giant robot like one from her favorite mm-hmm. anime. Um, and, and, and it goes twofold for her too, because like this is like a dream that started a number of years ago by her sister, who mm-hmm. uh, she started the robotics club and started building the giant robot, but she graduated without ever having finished it. So for Akiho, it's like, in a way, it's this pursuing this giant robot dream is you know helping her fulfill one of her own dreams, but it's also a means to reconnect with her sister who she's become estranged from since Mm -hmm. her sister left. She just doesn't keep in contact with anybody anymore for some reason. And it's very distant. It's very cold. Um, Any interactions that they have, Mm -hmm. like she most of the time is just ignored. Like she constantly is like mailing her sister, sending her text messages, like every little thing so sad. and like every little thing that she accomplishes, you know, in the field of robotics and like everything she's learning and like she never gets a reply back or anything. Oof. And, and but like they make it a point that like she's always doing everything she can. She's like, you know, keeping your dream alive. I'm doing this for you. Um, which makes it, which makes her story, you know, just like a real interesting now. It's because it's just like, well, who are you doing this for then? You know, and, and I think mm. that that paints a real cool, interesting um arc for her character to have to overcome um Mm -hmm. and the story kind of just follows this very straightforward path for a while of like events that like lead toward having a fuller cast like you know you you've seen the trope a hundred times before in anime where it's like oh man our club doesn't have enough members so they're gonna shut us down (laughs) uh so god you know so like that's the thing it's like you know sakaito like he doesn't want Akiho to lose her club. Like he, you know, I don't care about robots. But I don't want her to lose her club. <laughs> so he ends up kind of being the one that has to sort of drive recruitment to pull in, you know, another person so they can officially call themselves a club. And then, and the story really settles into this really slice of life rhythm for a while. Like after sort of the first major conflict where, you know, they, they build a, a, a tiny hobby robot and they take it to a tournament and they, they almost win but that's enough for them to like get a bunch of money to sort of get their club sponsored so they can keep doing like working towards this bigger dream of building a fucking giant robot on the campus of a high school uh, <laughs> very realistic and grounded mind you um, 
Uh, but you get a lot of these, you know, like you're getting the club established and we just kind of like hang out and live with these characters for a while as they build towards their goal of, of, of building a giant robot on campus. And then and that's fun. And there's this <laughs> believable arc that sort of happens where we're, we, we, we've we pulled it, we've pulled in enough members from the, from the outside, you know, like big people have sort of heard what we're into now and they're like, Wait a minute! Like they're, we're all of a sudden on the cusp of actually making the dream come true, and this group of dorks actually manage it. They do it. They successfully build a giant robot, get it up and walking, and it's just like a giant, <laughs> and it's a gigantic flop because people wanted the the big giant robot to do more than just fucking walk. So it's just like that's all Aww. it does. It, it took a couple of steps, but like you know, so like you know, like you as the reader understand that this is like a really big accomplishment. They build a mm-hmm. fucking hunk of machine that is taller than a building that can fucking take a step. That's incredible. It's as crazy as building a time machine out of a microwave. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, and, and like the real meat, like like you find, once they get the giant robot going, like that's when the real meat of the story, I feel like, comes after that. Where where it's kind of like, well, now what? Like for instance, Akiho, you like she wanted to do this big thing as a means of reconnecting with her sister, you know. But despite that being her dream, it's not really how things turned out. So where does she go from here? Like, like, and mm-hmm. this is sort of like where the story really started grabbing me because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's the point where we dive into these characters, individual storylines, and they're confronted with either having their dreams taken away or having to find a new purpose or, or having to find new ways to pursue their dreams and find fulfillment. And the way these stories unravel feels like the most important part of, of what this game is, is, is trying to say and do. Um, mm-hmm. And it's at this point, like around maybe like around the halfway mark, where the, the visual novel decides it needs to be a visual novel and routes become a thing. Uh. So, and I have to kind of talk about this in two ways, I think. Like, the, there's the mechanical way routes work and how they're implemented, and how the narrative handles it. So I'll hit it like, the, 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 narratively, mm-hmm. I'll handle that first, since I think that that's the most exciting part of this game, is that I loved the routes to bits. Uh, the characters, like, were already, like, super easy to come and enjoy, um, but the way you come to know them through the very personal issues they have to overcome and how Kaito has to become a part of that um, helps make the cast feel like this really warm and loving found family in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and they play a really neat trick with Kaito's character, I think. You know, like, he's the aloofish standoff, like, I don't care about any of this sort of main character. But the ways in which, like, he finds himself being pulled in to help everybody around him who are hurting sort of mm-hmm. pushes him toward having to be more open and vulnerable again. So his involvement in the climax of the story feels like something that he earned and you want him to like finally overcome like this shadow of him and Akiho's past that kind of buried him as a person. Um, and it like that, like watching that kind of like open up over the course of these chapters where everybody else is having their problems solved, but they in turn are giving him something back. Um, Mm -hmm. was just really touching, like, back to back, like, as each one of these kind of, like, 
it rolls them out like back to back and it's a little contrived at how they all kind of fall into place uh back to back the way that they do but it's all very touching like all of the stories are very well done um the things that the characters need to come to terms with are very believable and grounded and just natural like yeah i understand why this running, would be- running theme this up yeah isn't it <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 it's like yeah like like, like it's a story where I feel like the individual pieces of the story feel maybe a bit more important than the big sci-fi thing going on in the background. And, and that stuff mm-hmm. is really good too. Like, 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 but for me, I think I just really love this game's cast of characters by the end. Um, and it gave me everything I wanted with the big sci-fi payoffs too. So like I got both of them. I just mm-hmm. kind of feel that like those personal stories, um, didn't, those mattered way more to me than like the bit like you know it's 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 a science adventure thing so the shit's gonna go down at some point (laughs) i was wondering about that because steinsgate definitely has a A moment where (laughs) things take a fucking turn and and robotics notes is by no means as dark or dire i figured it's it's much more light-hearted in that uh there's still like big moments of oh this is real bad and i'm gonna cry that this is happening Uh Uh, but um uh yeah like 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 in terms of everything of that nature just the way everything kind of pays off is really well done like start to finish the story just really nails what it's going for all these characters end up where they need to be by the end and it just feels really nice um so yeah like no complaints there uh mecha- That's awesome. mechanically uh-oh it's kind of <laughs> The visual novel bullshit feels entirely unnecessary in this game since yeah. since all the routes are canon. Another what? another recurring theme with the um mm. in, in the VN sections. Yeah, yeah. Segments. I feel but, like we but, come across you kind of this is entirely this, this is entirely different though because like this game has alternate endings, but like they're not really endings. They're just continuations of the story. Like the game happens yeah. over the course of like a year or so. So like when you do one character's route, this, their route takes place in October. And then this one takes place in August. So it's just like, you're not really getting different endings. You're just jumping around the timeline when you start. Uh. Yeah, because the game is structured in a linear fashion. So all the stories are just chronological. Which means the only thing that changes when you choose a route is where you jump on the calendar. So I really feel that, like, I honestly mm-hmm. feel you should just use a guide and follow the story routes in chronological order. Because, like, yeah. after after I did that, like, 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 it all comes down to, like, understanding, like, oh, there is one day of the uh, of this entire game storyline where, like, th- the choice you make determines what route you're on. Just make, like, a save there and then, like, just take the one that jumps you to the month after the one you just did. Um, but basically it uses a, sub, a system similar to Steins Gate where you reply to certain media mess, social media messages, um, in, in certain ways to initiate the route change. Um, and it's really weird and obtuse at first, but once you figure out like that your choices only matter on that one specific day and you, the reply you need to make that usually triggers the route. It's a lot more obvious once you've done a couple of them. Um, mm-hmm. but again, like Laura, just look up a route order just to kind of play or ask Polly if you or ask it. me I'll tell you I'll tell you what the proper <laughs> order is um, that's my plan yeah there you go but overall just I fucking loved robotics notes a lot 
Like it's a uh, it's a much more lighthearted experience uh, than Steins Gate. Like I said, um, it's slower and more slice of lifey. Like it doesn't ever get dire uh, to the point of where Steins Gate's like you know characters are put through the fucking ringer in ways that are yeah. oofa doofa. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's still enough meat here for things to feel really emotionally gripping when they need to. Uh, it was a really pleasant experience that I really you actually you, you you really burned through it. I remember you getting being like a lot of good update, like a lot of updates. Yeah, like, I think I went through this in like three or four days. Like I awesome. got through it pretty fast. <laughs> um, but 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 like. In like the opening hours, I wasn't entirely sure because I thought like when when you had to go like to the tournament at the start, I was like, oh, no, is this going to be like a tournament battler kind of anime thing where it's just like, oh, we're going to build robots and go do tournament fights. And that's going to be the thing. And I was like, oh, God, please don't do that. I would never make it through this. There's a there's a fucking entire route in Steins Gate that is like a card game tournament that literally turned me to stone. Oh, God. Apparently they 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 nixed that entirely in Steins Gate Elite. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure they nixed it entirely in the anime, so yeah. they couldn't have adapted like, that. Like Ferris's route still exists in some kind of form, but it's not oh, right. Yeah, it's, Howard. Yeah, yeah, it's Ferris is known. Uh, Ferris's route is all based on Rynet, and it was just like I hate this and want to die. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love Ferris though. She's a great character. Um, yeah, but yeah, like, like this is a game that just lands everything it's trying to do. I, I couldn't have been happier with it. And 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 if anything ever happens to Frau, K- K- if anything ever happens to Frau Kajiro, I will kill everybody in this call and then myself. <laughs> <laughs> Frau is amazing. I will protect her with my life. She's a fu- she's a fucking basket case, but I love her to pieces. <laughs> Excellent. Ah, she's a big old pervert. She, you, you, oh, you gotta love okay. the big old. You gotta love the big old, per, the big socially awkward perverts. Do you? I think sometimes. You I do. guess it's fine when they're a girl. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's not all right in all cases. Okay. Look, I, I would, I would consider myself a socially awkward pervert to a degree, uh, and I think it's safe to love me. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 100%. Absolutely. Like, Robotics Notes is fantastic. Like, if you like Steins Gate and you want something that's still kind of got that scientific bent to it, um, but is still doing, you know, enough um, surreal and, and absurd things uh, to make mm-hmm. a story interesting, and you don't mind it moving a little slow, because, uh, like I said, there's a lot of slice of life in this um, that didn't particularly bother me because I just really liked getting to know these characters a lot. Uh, and seeing them all come together. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, Robotics Notes Elite. You can get this with Robotics Notes Dash, I believe, still, too. I think that's still a bundle. Uh, I think I'm going to skip on Dash, though, because mm. I read a lot about it, and I was not pleased with the fact that um, Daru from Steins Gate is the main character, and I fucking hate Daru. Ah, curses. Yeah, and he's a character that is literally like a character that talks about having a daughter and taking a bath with her while simultaneously getting it while getting a chub on uh and it's very disturbing it's like dude and and like they're trying to play that shit for laughs but even in steins gate in steins gate there are people around to shut him the fuck up 
There are mm-hmm. strong characters that are just like, dude, shut the fuck up. And mm-hmm. with him being the protagonist of this other Robotics Notes game, it's just like, I have no fucking interest in being in that character's head. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will I will read out if they're like as far as I've read as well like most of the routes in it are bad anyway uh, there's only like one or two good stories so I'm just gonna like spoil myself on what I'm missing and like if any of that ties into the other greater science adventure games uh, you know we'll find out at some point I know that like um, Chaos Head Noah is getting a, a re-release on switch later this year with chaos child so probably looking to get into those next at some point so yeah cool yeah yeah this was a great uh, experience one that i just kind of like taken a little aback by how good it was i don't know why i was Mm -hmm. but i just kind of like was like well you know maybe is it gonna be as good as steins gate and you know seeing that's a story about like you know, a main character working their way to be out of someone's shadow. You almost feel like this game's doing that too, of trying to get out of the shadow <laughs> of Stein's Gate in a way, right? That's neat. Yeah, I so like yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. Just, just enjoyed this thoroughly. Really, really good. Cool. Yeah. Really good. The end. John. What else did you One do? One more time. What What else did you do, John? Oh yeah, gotcha. Um, I had well, I had a so I had a crisis when oh. I finished. Xena Saga, and Uh-oh. I was like, I, your P- "Wait, does your PC run Crisis?" My PC does run Crisis. Okay. <laughs> um, I had a crisis where I finished Xena Saga episode one, and then, um, of course, of course, w- immediately wanted to start up Xena Saga episode two, mm. like you do. Anytime you finish a, a good RPG, especially one that's serial, you're like, well. Pick up the next one. I want to pour some milk on that cereal. I want to pour some milk on that cereal and go to town. Hell yeah. (laughs) Um, But I knew that that wasn't a good idea. No, no. Especially with Xenosaga episode two, which is one that everybody doesn't like. Yeah, (laughs) it's a favorite. Yeah, like that. I, I got as far as loading it up and loading up the title screen and watching the title screen. It's like a real good title screen. It's, it's a real, real pretty. great title screen. That opening theme is mm-hmm. it's it's hauntingly good. It has music on the title screen. Yeah. That is a change from Xenosaga Episode 1. Yeah. Xenosaga Episode 1 does not have music on the title screen, and it does not have an attract mode intro whatsoever. It is just the logo on a white background with no music. It is, and there is <laughs> nothing else. It's so funny. Yep. Like all of the, this big spectacle game and like the most understated title screen ever. It feels representative of a lot of that game's style. Oh, absolutely. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I was like, I don't want to do that. I, I, I want to do something where it's like, I want to do something that is very far removed from this. So what, what, it, well, but it's still be an RPG. Cause what else am I going to fucking do? Exactly. Not play an RPG. Not play an RPG. Well, that that doesn't be, make I, any fucking sense. That's the height of folly. Absolutely. So I wanted something short. I wanted something, um, probably like an actiony RPG, um, where fighting things is very quick and fun. <laughs> um, and I wanted something kind of distant from like anime aesthetics, yeah. I think. So I was like all that. And I don't remember the thought process here, but I wound up deciding that I wanted to play Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance for the PlayStation 2. That's a, that's a pull for sure. <laughs> I remember being kind of delighted at the time because it felt like such a random fucking pull. 
Yeah. Um, but I was looking at footage and I was like, yes, I want to play this more That's than where anything. I want to be right now. <laughs> have you um, played Baldur's Gate? No, okay. I have not. This is not Baldur's Gate proper. This is not. No. This this is this is like barely an RPG. It's this is, like weird offshoot Walmart brand Baldur's Gate. Is it Diablo for consoles? Kind of, yeah. It's it is extremely it is whatever Baldur's Gate is. I'm sure that this is extremely dumbed down for consoles. Mm-hmm. This is this is the cliche comical this is the comically on the nose cliche image of a PC franchise being dumbed down for consoles <laughs> because it is very dumb. <laughs> um this is you get dialogue options, none of them ever fucking do anything. <laughs> um and there's barely any dialogue, there's barely any writing. You like drop down in this hub, and then it's like, go fight rats in this sewer for an hour and a half. Yeah, and I'm like, baby. let's fucking do it. Let's do it. This is what I'm here for. Yes. Yes. And I and I go down to the sewer and I kill things for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Um and I, and I, I like level, I like level up and I get money and I go back to the hub and I sell, sell loot and I buy new equipment and then I kill rats slightly faster. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. This the treadmill works, baby. <laughs> Numbers going up. Numbers go up. Progress um, quest. Fuck yeah. So I played it for like eight hours that week. Um, and I beat the first act. And it has like this cool, there's like a whole villain they introduce like near the start of the act. And then they play out that whole thing. There's a twist reveal on the villain. You fight the boss. Um, at a certain point, I realized, wow, the writing in this is really bad, huh? Mm. <laughs> the villain like is talking to his peon and he says like, now be wary that if you fail me again, oh, no. I will, I will kill you and I'll do it very slowly. Oh and then the you, you talk to that you beat the peon, and they says, "Well, you still don't, won't stand a chance against my master because he'll kill you, and he'll do it very slowly." Oh, and the voice acting rolls over, my. and then you get to the boss, and the boss introduces, "I, I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to do it very slowly." <laughs> and then he fights you, and he has an instant disintegration laser attack. <laughs> Fantastic. That's good. That's like, not... What? what the fuck, video game? Are I you kidding me? I instantly got disintegrated. That Just is, turned to ash. That is the literal opposite of very slowly. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh my god, I meant to use the poison spell. <laughs> <Huh>? Shit! <laughs> it's just like... It's like... Just like any time this game has the chance to lean on like a dialogue cliche, it'll do it. The, the last act hub character is a is like a tribal savage oh, who is a God. cliche cliche oh, stereotype. And oh, and it's the lizard people. Of course, <laughs> is that so? And so just I will watch over you while your eyes are closed and the dreams come to you in the night, just like, cause he can't say sleep because yeah, he doesn't know he English does, too yeah. well. And then he says like this really labored, stupid thing that oh, uses way more words. God. And it feel, it's so cringy. It's so obnoxious and, 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 and racist. Yeah. Also. Yeah. So, racist. Yeah. Um, so this is like the most, so I had fun in that first act. Mm-hmm. You and then you close out like all the plot threads, and then it's like, okay, now you need to go here, 
And then it's just like act two and it just starts completely over. No intrigue set up. It's just the, just new episode. And I'm like, okay. And then I play it for like several more hours and I'm like, okay, I'm, I, I figured out that I can hold up the shield to block and then slice and then block and then slice and then block and then slice. And then I don't take any damage. And I'm just like walking through these mazes, very laboriously emptying them out of enemies and the writing's still really bad. And I'm like, I'm starting to think that I kind of got everything I wanted out of this, out of that first act of three. Yeah. Oh, God. That's and so I'm looking long. at a long play, and I'm seeing like exactly how far along I am. And for some reason, <laughs> the long play is players taking much less time to clear out these mazes. And it's because they picked the magic class, which is a lot better than the archer. Mm. Uh, and I'm just like, okay. And then I put it down. And I was like, I'm going to play a different game. Yeah, it's probably smart. <laughs> so I, 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 again, I don't know the exact thought process here, but I just was seized as, as by a, as by a spirit, mm. um, with the intense desire to play Planescape Torment, um, the widely beloved classic PCCRBG, which actually has a switch port. But well, why did it, why, it why, why didn't you play Disco Elysium? <laughs> um, I wanted to play a game with. I wanted to play one with fighting, mm-hmm. but I'd also had kind of my fill of su- a lot of fighting from Baldur's oh, yeah, Gate, so yeah. from Dark Alliance. So I was like, okay, Bl- Planescape is known for like it's got a really really good story, yeah. and then kind of whatever fighting. And I was like, all right, we'll do. I want to do Planescape. I need some brain cells back after Dark Alliance. Mm-hmm. Um. So I played all of it in like two weeks. Yeah, I played all this, of it in like was, 10 days. this was a very fun um, thing to watch. Yeah, this is as good as any game I've ever played. Oh, this is this is it's 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 the real shit. Yeah, that <laughs> good good that good good shit that they've been hiding uh-huh. from you. Uh-huh. Um, it uses the Infinity Engine, so it has that real time with pause CRPG combat. Yeah, um, that was really really hard for me in coder i like rage quit the game halfway through and then came back to it because yeah. i was so pissed off mm-hmm. um the second it got hard i was just like i can't do this this is impossible and then i realized like oh you just you just pause the game yeah sometimes yeah. and then make you make your decisions instead of just running up to the enemies and hoping for the best yeah that's <laughs> not gonna be how you win no so i, I beat coder and, and I, I was so um so i played planescape torment and i was like kind of basically like figured out the vibe like right away like okay i'm walking around i'm familiar with this combat system i'm exploring i'm talking to people um the first chunk after the first kind of dungeon the first chunk of the game is like a big town it's like a big rpg town you just get to walk around and talk to people and get quests and the quests are just like go talk to this other person and then we'll have a little story together Hmm. um and i'm just wandering around this town talking to folks and and figuring things out for like five hours. And I'm like, this is really fucking fun. Um, uh, The hive is what it's called. uh, Is that first town. It is like one of the grimiest, grittiest RPG towns I've ever been in. It felt, it feels like Midgar. Like it feels like that level. Good vibe. Um, Just like wandering around it. And you just, it's, it's a, it is a series of slums. Um, and you feel there's a lot of politics. There's a lot of class stuff. There's a lot of 
interesting things about there's a lot of weird metaphysics about the setting and you're just absorbing all of it from talking to all these npcs and doing these quests mm-hmm. um oh the premise by the way is that you wake up on a mortuary slab and after having been dragged in and pronounced dead <laughs> kind of like um, the opening and, of shadow it's kind of like the opening <laughs> of shadow run on this and it is like it is like the opening of shadow run i thought that was funny uh, and there's a talking skull next to you who's floating and, and yapping at you. And he's sarcastic and quippy. Mm. And then he's like, oh, you're still alive, huh? Um, and he and you and he says that you have tattoos on your back and he reads them to you. And it's you, it says to go find your journal and talk to this one guy. Um, and this came out like a year before Memento, which is really weird. Yeah, <laughs> that seems so specific. <laughs> um. And then that, that's your goal is you don't remember who you are. Um, and your goal is to suss out your, your story and mm-hmm. figure out who you are and, and then see where things go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, amnesia shit is like pretty played out. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. You see a lot of that just in the anime shit that we consume all the time. Absolutely. This is much more nuanced here because it is, basically a mystery about uncovering like what your past lives did. Mm. And a lot of it isn't great. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I figured the name torment is in the name probably for Uh a reason. This is not like, Oh, I'm an amnesiac. And it turns out I'm actually the destined hero. And I, no, this is, Oh, I was was a fucking scumbag. Huh? Oh Oh boy. Um, and you, and you find out and you find out pretty early that this character is immortal and he can't die. Yeah. Nobody knows why. And so you basically just following your own trail of slime across this awful city, <laughs> finding people whose lives you've touched and generally made them much and worse, made much worse. You've in the very first area, you find the ghost of your dead girlfriend Oops. and she is and she's not happy with you. Oh, and they're like, oh, I don't know who you are. I'm sorry. And then later on, you find a, a sense stone, which has recorded a conversation between you and her. Like, that's not a common. That's not a con, it's not. It's not like a bunch of diary entry, like literal diary things. Yeah, this is kind of yeah. localized to this one setting, but you get to watch a conversation play out between you, between your past self and her mm-hmm. and your current self, just like kind of freaking out. Cause you realize like how, how just being a really shitty manipulative person. Yeah. Um, and it's some of the most like just that scene in particular, some of the most effective writing I've seen in an RPG. That's um, yeah. So, the there this is in the planescape setting and the way that manifests is that there are like portals strewn throughout so the the whole first area is just like this big town that you explore and mm-hmm. it's very cool and kind of grounded but like as the game progresses you find these portals that lead elsewhere and they're like very and they and they but they're locked with these keys and the key can be anything a key can be like having a piece of lint in your pocket, or it can be thinking about a past regret as mm. you walk through, or the key can be not wanting to go through the portal. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, so the effect of it is that this exploring the setting is also like kind of like un, un, unmooring. Yeah. L- like you're, 
as you are trying to pick up the pieces of your of your li- life and figure out who you are, it feels like the setting itself is like a kind of diseased brain you're running yeah. around and getting lost in. Like it's feel it's a very psychosis game. I did and that. Absolutely. And I can imagine a lot of I can imagine folks like maybe finding it like kind of disturbing yeah. for that. Good um, stories, like like the, those are the kind of the stories that you love, man. Like being in the head uh-huh. of somebody that's absolutely fucking terrible. I'm here for it. Uh huh. It's fucking. It's 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 that good good VN yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and you know that RPGs don't get to do that good good VN no, shit too often. Not when often. They do, it's real nice. Mm. It feels real good. I mean that that's a big reason why a lot of people. Uh, like like uh, what, what that fucking oh, I'm an idiot. I forgot the name of it. There's an Xbox mm-hmm. 360 game. Lost Odyssey? Maybe that's it. Uh, I don't know. It's got, a bunch of, it's got a bunch of really long visual novel moments Good. in it. <laughs> Nier. Uh, well, Nier does as well, yeah. I can't remember the one mm-hmm. on uh, 360 now. The name of it just um, completely eludes me for some reason. But yeah, like, mm-hmm. I, it, it's very similar. It has a main character that can't die and is remembering shit, so... Wondering I mean, now the 360 RPGs I know are, are Lost Odyssey and Blue Dragon. Yeah, and okay. yeah. So it doesn't sound like it's Blue Dragon. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, so it's definitely Lost Odyssey. Yeah, like that game has a lot of visual novel shit in it. Uh, and I know a lot of people like that game for its nuance and character as well. So. Cool. Yeah, that's... This is... I mean, this is just like... I I, I, I was immediately... Trans- there was, a, there was a, I drew a lot of points of comparison with Trails 3rd. Um, yeah, another game that has that good, good VN shit. Oh boy, it's yeah, also it that does. good, good VN shit. And, I and thought also that's what was probably going to say. Probably yeah. going to say. And also feels like walking around in a brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like I, I feel like the differences here are that, um, so all of your companions and any are all the companions are optional. You can leave behind anyone you want, and you can recruit whoever you want. Mm-hmm. So that kind of limits how they can impact the story. They still impact the story in some very strong ways. Um, nice. But it, but it's very different from trails third in that this is very much focused on the nameless one's journey. Yeah. And that's why, and that's also why it's 30 hours long instead of like 60. Yeah. Um, but this is a lot more fo- drilled down focused on that. than I think trails third focuses on Kevin. Yeah. Um, I think that it is a lot happier to just kind of get into it. Um, because I feel like trails third is like, okay, we're going to spend like 10 hours just kind of putting all the pieces here so we can do a normal Falcom game, but make it about all this cool psychology yeah, stuff. Yeah. 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 And this just kind of like jumps in, um, nice. kind of like, um, kind of like, I, 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 like I'm thinking about Xeno gears and final fantasy seven, yeah, like how yeah. they do, how the Nibelheim stuff just comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, like, um, and one, one more time, I feel like this is one more example of like a story about a shitty, shitty dude hurting <laughs> no. people in his life. A lot of, a lot of them women and then having, and feeling really, really bad about it. Right. Um, I think how this story concludes puts it, ma- makes me feel a little bit better about it than, um, than a lot of these. Um, I, I, there's a, there's a, there's a level of responsibility here that I, that I like. Um, it also, there also isn't any like kind of 
like Xenogears and Trails Third, those turns are like very magic plot devicey. Yeah. And they're the the story is kind of on some level kind of saying, I like, oh, it wasn't your fault. Don't don't be don't feel so bad. Yeah. Um the this one is not. <laughs> this one is this one is very much this is extremely about like taking responsibility and facing yourself and facing the past and facing consequences. Yeah. For those things and not running away from that. So they're like the first example of cancel culture in a video game. <laughs> ba- oh yeah. Oh yeah. Also, also the writer of this is a shithead in real oh, life. Sucks. Yeah, oh, no. that's, I thought something was up. I thought I remembered uh-huh. something about this. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Chris Avalon. He's, yep. he's got like four people accusing him yep. of sexually harassing them at conferences. Yep. Oh, yep, wow. Yep. Yep. yep, 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 yep. Right. Yeah. So it's very, it's pretty, it's pretty dark um, that I'm like in my CRPG binge. And then you look at like every major one of these and like either Chris Avalon and his fingers is in it or Jeremy soul has his yeah. fingers in it. It's like, yeah. cool. Awesome. Icewind Dale has both involved. Yeah. D- Dark Alliance has Jeremy soul composing. It's like, it's, it's like, I didn't, I was just like gravitating towards what's a Western RPG. I want to play. And it's like, Oh, okay. Well, Kind of got to go in here and uh, art, not the artist, right? <sighs> yeah, when it when it's like twenty, thirty years old, and what can you do? Certainly not seeing seeing a dime from it. I'm kind of yeah. like, okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, this that certainly that does that certainly lend, lends an extra air to a lot of the bullshit here. Sure, yeah, uh, a lot of the shit here. Um, so that that's kind of the complete image. Um, I I just if you like if like Nibbleheim if like Nibbleheim is like peak RPG for you, I feel like this is <laughs> this would be good. This is, good good shit. This would this is kind of the good shit. If you like walking around towns talking to people and doing a lot of reading, because every major NPC here has like ha- will have like ten different dialogue options, all of them with multiple paragraphs and often spitting into d- other dialogues. Like every NPC is a little short story. That's very, very adventure gamey. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. You'll, you'll bring up like a, a dialogue box. that has got like five choices and then those five choices could branch off into another 10. Mm-hmm. So I will walk into an, I, I went, I spent like an hour walking around like, one building talking to people. Oh so my God. Got, yeah. You've got to be, you've got to be up for There's not a lot of locations, so it isn't actually as overwhelming yeah, as it sounds. Yeah. It's more compact, um, but it's just, uh, it's but really dense. It's dense. Um, I I've said not a single word about the fighting, which is very funny. <laughs> I mean, I think like most people, <laughs> I, wasn't I know sure if there was any, yeah, like, I know most people that have played this game. Don't talk much about the fighting either. It's not that it's bad, I think. I think it's like normal. I, I, I got to it and I was like, why are people saying this is bad? This is just normal, like CRPG fighting. Like I played Coder. This is just that. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure this is just Baldur's Gate. Um, the deal is that there's very little of it mm-hmm. until like maybe the last third. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even then, like, the, I, I just steamrolled every fight that I got into after like, after like two hours in, once I like figured out. Once I leveled up just a little bit. Yeah. And the only fight I had trouble with was the final boss. And then that was 
after I loaded a save because I first beat the final boss just by talking to it really good. I mean, that's the <laughs> I best did not way have to, to fight the final that's, boss. That's the best way to beat a final boss. Uh huh. Um, it's very cool to play a game like this where like every all of these incidental quests have like three different ways they can resolve instead yeah. of just one. Yeah, that's that's very cool. Um, I mean, it really defines like role playing game. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think that the difference between this and like the JRPGs that I'm really into is actually as pronounced as maybe people say. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I, there's still a lot of branching in like Final Fantasy VI. Like there's a billion ways that things can resolve with Shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, they they have those moments of branching off, and then even then, like when a game is limiting it, when it's not that it's either you can only progress this one way or you can do anything. It's that you can only progress in this one way or you can only progress in these three ways because these are still computer games and the scope of what they can build here is going to always be limited. Sure. Yeah. So I, I, I don't, it doesn't, that's something I was struck by playing this is that it did not feel like a completely different species of game than the, than the console RPGs I'm very used to. Mm. Um, I was still like, falling into very familiar play patterns like okay walk around talk to everybody get my ass kicked in a dungeon go but uh, there aren't actually that many dungeons that happen very early right um so i that that makes me feel better about playing more of these games because i'm like oh yeah this is this is normal yeah. this is just an rpg yeah i got this you do um I, I just really fucking love this game. I was really moved. I was. I, I'm still. I'm still kind of waking up and thinking about it more. I kind of want to give this one a shot now because mm-hmm. it's come so highly recommended. So, it, <laughs> I, I the end. The ending's a lot. <laughs> oh, good, good. Like I'm here for endings being a lot. Like I, I'm mm-hmm. here for that. I played a lot of games where the ending is a lot. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm here for that. I'm here for that. The the hard the hardest thing in this is navigating like the adventure game shit, like the event flags. Yeah, I imagine um, that kind of being annoying with these kind of more <laughs> older games. Yeah, I had a couple quests where I was told to do something, and I needed to do the quest in order to progress on a on a more mainline quest, mm-hmm. and then I couldn't figure it out, so I just killed the guy. Oh. Um, <laughs> and then that allowed me to progress on the mainline quest, but then it meant that the sub quest right. was just locked unfinished on my quest log forever <laughs> i was like no oh, the worst so feeling. I can, it, oh my god it was very it was kind of freeing it's like okay i don't have to do all of these um yeah. the there's the game sort of divided into like three acts i got through the whole first act on my own mm-hmm. i got through the whole third act on my own the second one is when you have the most locations open to you uh-huh. and that's when I started feeling overwhelmed and I couldn't figure out how to progress. And I finally looked at the guide for a little bit. Right. Um, and I was so close. I was <gasps> so fucking close. I needed to use an item for my inventory. I couldn't just have it. I needed to actually go into the inventory. You could click use and that would do it after identifying it. Mm-hmm. So fucking great. I'm really excited to play more of these. I'm really excited to play fallout. I'm really excited to play Baldur's gate. Um, I, I, this is the this is like I played Coder and fucking loved playing it, but mm-hmm. the but the writing wasn't really all the way there. And then Planescape is just like oh, and the writing's just fen- fen- phenomenal. Now I now I'm now I am committed to the genre for life. 
Nice. Um, and I went back and finished Dark Alliance, and it was an absolute slog. Yeah, and I, just I was kind of thinking that was going to be how that one wound up. I didn't think That's that fun. one was going to. You don't recover from dying very slowly. Uh huh. And then I just put on podcasts and was like, yeah, well, let's just get crank it out. Let's just crank it out because I, I had a moment when I started it back up, played an hour, and was like, this is going to be really boring. I could stop now, mm-hmm. save myself probably six, seven hours. Mm-hmm. And then I said, said to myself, no, we're going to see this through. <laughs> we're gonna do it. And then I did, and it was worth it, even though I got fuck all out of it by the end. <laughs> The final boss was so fucking dumb that you walk into a room, they walk into a hallway, there's a ghost off to the side, you talk to the ghost, and he just info dumps at you for 10 minutes, oh, good. explaining who the final boss is. You walk into the room, she talks to you for a little bit, and then you fight her, and then it ends. And it has nothing to do with any of the main plot, oh. such as it is. And then it ends on a cliffhanger and says, <laughs> but that is a tale for another day. Roll credits. Uh, it sucks so bad. Bleh. Uh, I think the only thing I'll give this credit for is that um, the enemies don't respawn, so you right. can't grind. Yeah, oh, okay, okay. Um, so, like, the whole game, I was, like, kind of meticulously going through, finding all the loot, killing everything, because yeah, I yeah. was pretty tense. Like, is this is the shoe going to drop? Is it suddenly going to get hard? Um, no. and, then, and then it didn't. <laughs> so that that having not being able to grind added to the tension, some tension that wouldn't have been there otherwise. Yeah. Um, it also made me play it in a more boring, obnoxious <laughs> way because I felt like I had to kill absolutely everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, column A, column B. Don't do do not recommend. Probably Baldur's Gate, vanilla Baldur's Gate is better. Probably. I'm not expecting vanilla Baldur's Gate to be like as good um writing wise as Planescape. I think that would be setting myself up for yeah, a lot of disappointment. Yeah. Um I'm expecting it to be have more fighting, oh, yeah. which I'm ready for in that engine because it's a good engine, and to just be like a lot of good RPG shit, and and I think I'm really here for that. And that's my that's my segment. All right, Rhett, Rhett close us out. What do you got? Yep. Uh, so I finished Elden Ring, mm-hmm. and felt immense despair at having uh, no current game I was nothing playing. Left. Media oh, zero. It's media zero, but then, you know, as John talked about, like the indecision of what to play next. Yeah. <laughs> Choice it's, paralysis. It's, it's, it, there's so many paths str- going yeah. out in front of you, and you know that when it, what, the second you take a step onto one, you're cutting off the others. The others and that disappear is so, from the timeline. It's so scary. It's it's like a little commitment. It's, yeah. it's the stupidest commitment. <laughs> It's, it's a, very stupid. It's an Uchikoshi flow chart where you take one step down one path and all the other paths literally disappear. Mm-hmm. But the scarier thing to me was that I wanted to keep playing Elden Ring. Oh, I mean, God. understandable. Like I've played yeah, when I've I've got that other character right there. Exactly. Like I played Dark Souls one and then I immediately played Dark Souls one again with a new character. So yeah, I think the thing about this one is. This one's a lot longer. Well, like, yeah. even Dark Souls taking me like 60 hours the first time. It's still like half as long as yeah. this one took yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. I, was, yeah. I finished Elder Ring at like 120 hours. Woo! Like it's unbelievably big. That's so fucking long. I right? love playing that, but it's like it's that like it's that trails feeling of like, oh, the thing you've been doing every day for a month. It's, it's, it's gone. Done. You, you, it's oh. done. Stop. Stop. No. <laughs> so. I wanted to keep playing action RPG, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So I loaded up all those guy Dark Alliance. Weird. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> uh, I loaded up Scarlet Nexus. Oh, oh hey, so we've talked about this one before. Ooh. We've talked about this one before. Mm-hmm. So I kind of thought, even going into it, it was like, hey, buddy, you're not sending this one out to die, are you? The game you drop two hours in and then never get back to. Right. Because that's kind of happened to me before. Yeah, I picked absolutely. Up yeah. Stuff like Code Vein, where it's like potential here, up. but it didn't quite grab you. Yeah. So I did not pay any attention to this game like when it was had just come out. Right. Mm-hmm. I kind of saw it as like, oh, it's an anime. It's like kind of the B tier anime game, post apocalyptic setting. Mm-hmm. Nothing's really looking that appealing to me. I just yeah, like that, I was on. I was the opposite side of like, oh, this I looks know. dope. You were very hyped for it, and then you talked about about it on this podcast, and we're like. <laughs> Yeah, the input delay fucking killed yeah, it for well, me. Well, then I played the PC demo. It was like, oh, yeah. okay, this makes sense now. It's just the oh, PS4 the version. version. Yeah, like the yeah. PS4 version just has fucking input delay. Yeah. So, but I had like kind of not really looked at the game till you talked about it. So, uh-huh. as you're like disparaging it on the podcast, I looked up a video and went, "Oh, this combat looks pretty fun." Yeah, huh? right. Like throwing shit around with your brain feels incredible. It's so good. So, so that is what got me on what got the game on my radar, even though you had dropped it at the time. Right. Yeah. 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 So I picked it up for 20 bucks the other month and it was like, okay, here's an action RPG that is definitely going to feel very different from Elden Ring. Yeah. <laughs> like they can, they are somewhat related, but they are not going to feel at all the same. No, no, no. no. And then, so you, you start the game up and, you, and it gives you a choice. Do you play as boy or do, do you play as girl? Gee, I wonder what Netflix. <gasps> now, Stupidly, I hesitated for a moment. Why would you do that? I realized I was being very stupid because it said, boy fights with sword up close. Yeah. (gasps) Girl is long distance. Yeah. And that was almost enough to make me question. But I, (laughs) after like three seconds, I was like, no, what are you fucking talking about? You pick the girl. You pick the girl. She fights very stylishly. Well, no, yeah. At, once, at you get into the game, once you get into the game, you're like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. She fights with psychic knives. And it's dope has, as fuck. It's really cool. But sword, I do prefer swords. Yeah. Overall, yeah. But yeah. Like, so, swords are as cool as it gets. So, swords are extremely cool, especially if he had two, but I don't think he has two. Um, so this isn't a game where you just make a, a a character like Code Vein was where and then your character stands around watching the other characters talk, <laughs> which I hate. Yeah, it's that's such a shitty setup. I hate it. Yeah. PSO did that as well. PSO2. Oh, yeah. Where your wait, wait, you said it, you have a silent pro tag, but everybody else talks. That's a lot of games. Not, code, not this one. Not no, a, the characters are defined in this game. game. In this game. Okay. So you can play as the boy or the, or the girl. And there's actually just two entirely different story modes yeah oh neat nifty for each of them because you are playing a set character in a set story and they okay have pretty diverging missions that they go on yeah and i really like that setup like oh i get to have a play as a character with agency also you you get to play as a character who has awful social issues oh she's so bad she is terrible (laughs) she cannot like this girl in social cues is just Oh boy, she got she got some problems. Did I tell that story on the podcast where like people would t- would try to talk to me at work and then I would just go, <laughs> "Yeah, 
yes, my weekend was good, and then not follow up asking how their weekend was. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> this character. So she is extremely relatable to me, where, where even I'm going, oh, girl, why are you saying that to this person who's, like, asking you for help or whatever? And she's just like, She just not says my the most direct kind of, yeah. I, like, distancey thing. <laughs> If something does not concern the mission or her sister, she does not does fucking not care. give a shit. <laughs> she does not give a fuck about other people at all. It's very funny. She gets a little bit better as the game goes on. Obviously, that's mm-hmm. kind of her arc is learning how to deal with talking to other people. Yeah, yeah. But she's still pretty bad the whole yeah. time. <laughs> and that and the way her story kind of bounces off what the male character is doing is yeah. very funny because if she just said, Hey, here's what my from his perspective, I can see how she would just look like a total psychopath basically. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Where when you play her route, you understand why she does some of the things she does, Yeah, but could also be explained by like three lines of dialogue. Yeah. Like, the, like just look miscommunication. It's like no yeah. communication at all. She's she's a lot. Yeah. Like, I um, liked so, her. I liked her a lot. No, I, I really like her. Um, so the fir- so the first few hours, the combat, it's very fun at the start. You're like, oh, man, I, I'm psychic warrior. I've got psychic knives that you can stab enemies with from a pretty good distance. And then I'm throwing th- water silos yeah. on enemies. It feels real good. Just there's a dedicated button for throw shit in the environment. It's like the gravity gun from, you know, half life. Yeah, you, 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 yeah, you hit an enemy a few times, you hold R2 and you just go to grab something and hook it. Yeah. R2 will just grab anything available and throw it at your locked on enemy. And you can yeah. do that like in the middle of a combo to keep it going. Yeah. And like, she has this whole system of like, oh, you press these two buttons to launch an enemy and then you can combo in the air and then you can do air combos with the psychic throwing stuff <laughs> and then, you know, dash towards the enemy, do an attack out, out of the dash to keep it going. It's like it's kind of basic Devil May Cry because there's only yeah. kind of like the one or two combos, yeah. but it's still fun. Yeah, it's, a, it's really like just keeping the combat momentum going with her is what makes her yeah. shine. Mm-hmm. Um, so the story, though. It kind of had two modes for me, where at the start, it's, you know, you and the boy are the new character. You're the new squad members in yeah. this world of fighting against one of the others. The like, it's others. a really bad name. It's a really bad name. Yeah. Oh, God, I think that's what they did in um, Dragalia Lost. They call them the others. others. And I'm like, uh, yeah. yeah. They don't really explain anything at the start of, like, how the world came to be this way. It's just as it is for them. Yeah. How the world came under darkness. Yeah. Um, and then there's a lot of characters, especially. Oh, boy, kinda, there's so many. Like, I was looking at the glossary later, kind of after I had gotten to know everybody. So there's, you know, Yuito, the boy, mm-hmm. has his squad. Yep. And then Kasane, the girl, has her squad. So between that is, like, 12 characters right off the bat. Yeah. And then there's, you know, a bunch of supplementary characters like the two generals, like uh, Karen and Fubuki. Yeah. And then, you know, there's there's a lot of characters. So I counted up. It's like 18 it's a lot. of just characters, like psychic characters in the military mm-hmm. as well. as, And then there's more like politicians and stuff who come into the story at points. And just due, due to how things play out, like you're not actually going with your squad all the time. 
like you're kind of cross mingling yeah. with the other squad so that you get to see all the playable characters yeah. before things start to pop off. Yeah. So also because you're using different characters and like everybody has their, their different powers. Like that's the other big thing about the combat is like characters can share their power with you. I don't th- and like oh this character has super speed so when you activate them like everything moves half speed yeah. for you. So you move normal speed and you can just run up and combo the shit out of stuff because they can't react to you. Or like, like you, you can't fun. see certain enemies so you need to use this other character to like activate yeah. their sight through your powers and use yeah. that. It's, it's it's an interesting system. Yeah. Like two of the characters are like, oh, they have elemental skills. Like if you yeah. get an enemy wet and then do electricity, you'll zap the enemy. Zap them real good. That's just fun. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you're, you know, first few missions, you're learning a lot of the powers and what's going on. But like the combat wasn't opening up a whole lot for me for like about four hours in. Mm-hmm. So I was like, had that moment right at about four hours where I'm like, if this doesn't change, I don't know if I can make it through, you know, a 20 hour mm-hmm. campaign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I had that a moment where the story popped off. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then in the next mission, it popped off again. Let's go. And then in the mission after that, it popped off again. It's a fucking can of Pringles. Like, Let's go. Like this story in this game, I would not say is good. No, it's it's it very is, standard uh, sci-fi it's kind of thing. Crazy though. Yeah, the story in this reminds me of like VLR or Thirteen Sentinels. I can see but that. Those, but those are visual novels. Yeah, where you have a ton of time and a ton of dialogue. Yeah, to expand upon the nonsense that is happening. This is not where, the case with this. Where in this, it's like. 80% of either like combat dialogue or, you know, bonding missions with the other characters. And then that one twenty, that 20% is just craziness happening. Yeah. Nonstop. <laughs> I, so, but so like the story popping off definitely kind of kept me hook, hooked in. And then this, um, the combat continued to open up in interesting ways. Like, as you get your kind of main set team, yeah. as you level, like, their bond levels up, they start doing interesting things like, oh, like, they'll pop into your combo at times and, yeah. you know, do some damage for the you. Like, you get a skill on, on the skill tree, there's, like, activate two partner abilities at the same time, which was kind of, like, kind of the real key for me is, like, oh... I can do these two at the same time, and they combo really well. Yeah, like finding those one, fun little synergies. Yeah, I think that's kind of the most interesting thing. Hopefully, if they make a sequel, they'll build on that. Oh, that's it's like, absolutely what they have to build yeah. on. Because my favorite ability is uh, the one girl with purple hair and big boobs. She has her ability. Oh, I love her. <laughs> yeah, you love her immediately. She's great. Her ability is also really great, though. It's a... Uh, Duplication. So when you are to throw an item, mm-hmm. it just makes two. So bump, bump. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Just a, you get an after effect on it. So I found that combos really well with the either like invisibility or speed because then you can just spam it really quickly. Yeah. The enemies can't keep up. So it's just fun finding like different ways. And then as you get more characters later on, like oh, these two are interesting together. Like yeah. The, the ability stuff is fun to play around with. Yeah. And then, um, but the story, like, the story is maybe a bit too crazy for me. Like, it has moments mm-hmm. where it really shines. But, like, I got to a point the other night where I thought for sure 
I'm on the last mission. <laughs> the name of the chapter has conclusion in it. Oh, oh. Things are coming together in a way. Yeah. Where this, and then the area was like, oh, this is Falcom Final Dungeon. And it took a while. It was like by far the biggest kind of combat mm-hmm. slog in the game for a bit. Not slog, but like it was a big climatic kind of. Yeah, big gauntlet over. of combat. Yeah. And I thought, this is for sure the final dungeon. I'm finishing this game tonight. And then that dungeon ended with a strange boss that doesn't play like anything else in the game so far. Mm-hmm. And then cutscenes, cutscenes. Oh, villain is not actually going to fight you. Next chapter. And I'm like, what? What's going on? <laughs> so I have not finished this game. I don't think my opinion will change that much in however one or two chapters I have left. Right. But it was like, I kind of lost the momentum from that and Ooh. haven't played for two days. Right. I thought for sure I was at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I So there's a lot of uh, downtime as well. There's like, I would almost call this part like visual novel because in between chapters, you have just bonding events with your teammates. Yeah. And they're, they're and presented like, in that, that, that style. Really. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like it is a significant portion of the game is just talking to characters yeah. and like learning their stories. And I think those are well written. Like mm-hmm. those are probably more interesting than the nonsense. The big story. sci-fi thing happening in the background. Yeah. So it, you know, it kind of comes and goes. Where it's like, oh, I feel like playing this game, but I also don't feel like doing an hour of talking. Yeah. Because I am trying to do everything, even though I don't know. It doesn't limit you in points like Cold Steel did, where you yeah, have to where you can, Yeah, you can talk to yeah, anybody just, at any time if they're available, and like you don't have to be real picky yeah. about it. You can do the ones for the guys. Wow, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if I was going to, and then I I have <laughs> for the first time in a game. Rhett finally talked to the guys for the first time in my life today. I heard Rhett say a guy was hot. Okay, so I was just like, what? Did I just read that? If anybody's going to do it, it's fucking Adol, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crimson <laughs> King, Crimson King Adol can fucking get it. <laughs> I DM'd you and Chelsea to be like, yeah, agreed. Yeah, I was just like, oh, well, there we go. <laughs> like the one thing we all will agree on. <laughs> so Scarlet yeah, Nexus is kind of... It's pretty good. It's not amazing. I will finish it. Which is, you know, more than some games I've bounced off of yeah, pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah, the combat's fun. I don't think maybe... Like, I definitely don't plan on playing the other campaign. Right. And there's, like... They don't do a thing where, like, something happens if you beat both of them. Like, no, totally it's, it's, it's very much... Like, the other campaign is really close in terms... Like, I've talked to somebody that played both sides of it, and, mm-hmm. like, there is a, there is diversion, but a, like it's, yeah. like, 80 to 85% the same uh, missions. Interesting. It definitely seemed there were a few moments of like, we're in this place, and then oh, Yuito's here too, just yeah. to, just like two rooms over, and you're just like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, you also infiltrated this base at the same time yeah. as us. Interesting. Wow, wowie zowie. Yeah, I've heard his story is kind of more about the characters around him, where Kasane feels a lot more active. Yeah. as the center of her story. Yeah. It sounded like kind his of more position. One. His position is interesting. I like what they're trying to explore with his character, uh, but well, I don't know that it would be worth like yeah. looking at everything again, unless you just like you know watch a let's yeah. play on YouTube or something. Maybe I don't know, but it's probably it's like, not that interesting. There was part of this where I thought, "Oh, this is Sonic Adventure 2. I'm I'm on the dark side story. Right. Or, <laughs> 
But there Good. is no third route if no. you beat both of them. No. So I'll be content after finishing her story. Yeah. She's very bad at talking to people. She's so bad. She's so it's a, bad. It's consistently very funny. And it's not like 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 a representation of like or, or like, like trying to call it like autism or anything. No, she's just bad at talking to people. Yeah. She's just not good at people. That's fine. Because I saw some people kind of bring that up as an aspect mm-hmm. of her character. And I was like, I don't see I that. Kinda I kind of see it. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, it didn't really hit me that way. It just felt like they're writing a socially awkward character in a, a piece of Japanese yeah. media. I think it cannot be the intent, but people can definitely see yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Her. Like, there's nothing wrong with seeing it that way. It's just, it yeah. didn't really strike me as that. Well, okay. It was what they were going for. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't say it was what they were going for either. Yeah, that's a fun game. Yeah, Combat cool. is Combat's kind of crazy. Yeah. Like any game that lets me just easily pick things up and throw them at enemies is gonna yeah, be good. Like there was one moment where I'm just like, man, this is like the best representation of like psychic powers in a game. Yeah, because there's the R two to like just throw, you know, a car. Like your basic weapon is a car, basically. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> the most basic thing you're throwing at things. I, throwing I, I get cars to the enemies. Throw so when cars. a game starts there, you know you're in for a good time. Yeah, but then there will be special items that you use L two for L two to do, and they're like big moments where you got to do some QTEs to make them work yeah. properly, and when they work, it feels real good. <laughs> they get. One of them is just straight up a bus and yeah. you jump on the bus and drive it into a bunch of enemies. I'm like, this is fucking incredible. It's so dumb. It's so great. They had so much fun with that shit. Yeah. I wish they had way more of those because they are kind of the most fun thing in the game. Yeah. And it's nice. Like, I've been playing on hard and it is actually very hard. It's a hard awesome. game. Like, even on normal, yeah. I was getting my ass beat pretty early on. I'm playing on hard and not doing any side quests. Oh, which means I'm always under leveled as well. So I've had oh. to redo a few fights and boss fights. Right. Yeah. Also, immediately coming off Elden Ring, I was like, yeah, fucking yeah. fuck me up. Fuck it. Like, yeah. <laughs> fights against Uito where it's like, OK, I'm just going to have to do this one like four times. Yeah. Yeah. Those Uito I fights died. are really hard. I died at him at like one percent life. I thought oh. I thought I had it. Oh. I like leveled up and died at the same time or something. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Incredible. God, there's one. The first fight against him, if you lose, the story just keeps going. Yeah, yeah. As if you lost. Yeah. I recorded that one like five times because I was I like. I did too! I'm just like Kasane, where I'm just like, refuse. No. Yeah. yeah. I, re- I refuse this outcome where I am weaker than the boy. Yeah. I'm going to redo this one for like five times. Yep. Yeah. And I then did I realized. Too. Afterwards, you fight him like three more times in the story. And I'm just like, well, I'm very good at it now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a pretty good game. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I'm glad you found a good chaser for. Yeah. uh, yeah, I was wondering wondering how Scarlet Nexus was treating you because you weren't really talking about it. So I was wondering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I actually did go back to Elden Ring for a couple hours and was like, okay, yeah, I think I'm actually done with this. Ah, yeah. That moment where it sets in is like, okay, yeah, I've probably. There's like the thrill of exploring the world is gone now when you're on your second character. Yeah. Yeah. I did the the thing where you can rush to the capital super early and it was like, okay, like I fought one hard boss to get there. Yeah. Now I'm like level 30 in like a level 80 zone or something. (laughs) (laughs) 
I feel like you gotta just live in the media zero hell for a little bit and then it, it becomes okay again. Yeah. I think it's, it, I think it's, I think it's extremely nice and euphoric and then it becomes, and then you go into hell and then you claw your way back out of yeah. it. And you're like, okay, I don't actually want to play Xenosaga 2 right now. Not <laughs> right now. No. For me, the media zero hell was like the three days between finishing Cold Steel 2 and waiting for Elden Ring to come out. Yeah, that was you can't do it. You can't do anything. I couldn't start something big. I had to wait. Yeah. And I wanted to die. (laughs) (laughs) But it was like, it was awkwardly painful, like having nothing to do with like for like three days. I was like, please give me that early access. Like when the please, I just want to play Elden Ring. Yeah, I didn't buy it directly on Steam. So when the key came in on like Friday, and I could download it before going to work on Friday, yeah. it was like, oh, thank you, you saved me a, you saved a day for me. <laughs> it's so weird being an adult with a full time job and then trying to thread the needle on this shit. Because like my next weekend is clear. My weekend after that is yeah. not. No. And then the weekend after that, I'm going on a big trip. Right. Uh, so I probably don't want to start something that will take longer than the next two weeks mm. to, cl- to clear, not yeah. counting the weekend after next. Right. And I mean, the, the fact that my brain is making those calculations yeah. is just very funny. <laughs> Time is valuable, especially since it doesn't exist in our world. Absolutely. Time oh, right. is valuable. And that just makes it that much more hard because you just want to play sweet code in three who doesn't you just want to play it even though you know you're not going to like it you just kind of want to hate fuck it and <laughs> and if it was just the time that would be fine but it's not the time it's knowing i'm not going to be doing something else i would like more yeah um, it's so painful yeah big relief God, we have to we suffer a lot huh we suffer for our art yeah all right uh, I think that might be a podcast. Is that an episode? Is that a podcast? Mm-hmm. Did we do it? Yeah. We made it. We did it, everybody. We reached the end. We've journeyed to the end. You came with us. We appreciate it. Y'all are amazing. Thank you for continuing to do so. And we'll catch you again in three weeks. But until then, mm-hmm. John Thayer, tell the folks at home where they can find you. You can find me at farawaytimes.itch.io. I put out a new Twine game. Um, a couple weeks ago, and I had to put out a new puzzle game tomorrow. Hey, look at that. So much stuff. What's the puzzle game? It's a block-pushing puzzle game I made in Puzzle Script. I, I, I prototyped it like... <laughs> I prototyped <laughs> the, the mechanics and aesthetic like two years ago, and then over the last two weeks, I just made a bunch of levels, and they're really good, and I'm really happy with it. Cool, cool. It's going to be called? a hard What's it called? puzzle. Hard. It's called Gorgon's Gaze. Gorgon's Gaze. I like the... I like the uh... I like the uh, I like the alliteration there. Yes, Lumina, you. you came in right at the end. We're just wrapping uh, up. Yeah, missed the whole show. Like Rhett did a whole song and dance. John was playing violin, and then he pulled out a fiddle. Are violin and a fiddle the same thing? I don't, I don't actually know. know. I've never figured it out. I don't so. know. Like John was telling everybody he was Charlie Daniel, so it was a real. It was a trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and then. Rhett was doing his best Chuck D impression. Rhett talked about Public Enemy a bunch. Rhett talked so much about Public Enemy. I've never really, like, I'd never known Rhett to be as big a hip hop head as he demonstrated on this episode. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Yeah. You missed a good one, Lumina. I don't know what to tell you. You'll just have to watch the VOD and catch all the wild shenanigans that we got up to. But John's releasing a video game tomorrow. It's a block-pushing mm-hmm. game. It's called Gorgon's Gaze. And I'm not going to play it because I don't push puzzles and blocks. That's fair. Yeah. I respect... This is... This was expected. Yeah. <laughs> the most expected of outcomes. Yep. Uh, Rhett, what game are you releasing? Uh, the game that tells you to watch Rev You Starlight. The game that watches you Rev You Starlight. Got gotcha. I did that. Yeah, John did Talked that. Last time. Yeah, I did. I remember. <laughs> I remember. Believe me. Well, the message at the end of the podcast is not explicitly for John. I felt if I, change, if I change from Watch Review Starlight to something else immediately after he watched Review Starlight, then it would be. <laughs> <laughs> I like the calculations there. Good. So maybe January 1st, I'll change it. All right. So that's just like the, the rest of the year is locked down for now. Yeah. The yes. movie's that good. D- yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, it is very good. Gonna take your word for it. It's almost as good as Liz and the Bluebird. It's almost like no you could, it's almost like you could talk about it for fifty minutes uninterrupted. <laughs> John, I believe you gave Review Starlight movie a nine on my anime list, and Liz and the Bluebird an eight. So. Uh, maybe we want to check those scores again, Red. Oh, oh, also, also, I fucking hate when you change your scores. <laughs> I just did. I just did a big. I just did a big like going back down the list and like lowering a bunch of scores. Like, you know, when you get that in your head, like I'm going to make thing. I I did the thing where I was like, okay, now a six is my low threshold of, I like this still. Right. If it's a six, then I like this still. Whereas before I was like seven was, I like this and I, and I just shifted everything. (laughs) Well, at least the fate Khaled liner prism Ilya movie only got a five. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. John's like, shut I up, don't shut even, up, shut up. like, John. I do not associate with, I don't associate with them. John, John's just like, man, I don't get the cops called on me. <laughs> John liked the Review Starlight movie so much that he lowered his score for the TV series. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. And you, I, look, and you can Liz find should, me. Liz should, only, Liz should only have thumbs up and thumbs down. There you go. Like, is. just make it a binary choice like we don't need numbers and granularity anymore in review <laughs> systems i don't think but if they're going to give it to you then you have to like think about it and it's like ugh. <laughs> a, six, a six is not a passing grade oh is that where we're going with this that's how i've always scored uh, okay okay Okay. I like sixes. I'm okay like with sixes. I think that like sixes can be fine. I think they're just a little bit above average. Maybe don't do anything great. There you go. Like the way you described Scarlet Nexus in some ways, I would say maybe that's a solid six. Hmm. Some oh ways. my god, John, you lowered your score for Remy Starlight TV again? <laughs> <laughs> what the <fuck>? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I swear it started in eight and now it's a six. Jesus, I've got to live my bliss, Red. Let me live my truth <laughs> over here. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the Bluebird was real good. I'm gonna yeah. be checking that out. Like, where did you watch that? By the way, I stole it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think it's on Amazon Prime. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to watch that because I, I need to watch cool. that. Yeah, It's, it's 90 fun. minutes. It's very punchy. It very just goes punchy. by I'm here for that. very nicely. I'm, you know what? Here for a good queer story. Yep. Always. Always. 
Alright, and you can find me at twitch.tv slash polyhead, of course, where I get up to various shenanigans, including this podcast that you are listening to right now and other VTube thingamajooters. Uh, I'm going to be doing I'm doing some VTube and stuff this week. I'm going to be playing through Mighty Switch Force, uh, which is a fun little platformy puzzle game. It's got blocks in it. Oh, it's got blocks. I love those. Got blo- I love blocks. They're blocks. Can you push blocks. them? No. You don't have to okay. push them, which is probably why I like that game. I don't got to push no damn blocks. Uh, and and this uh, next uh, next coming weekend, we're going to be uh, looking at your bad rentals. Um, I did a stream a while back where I played some of my bad rentals, uh, which seemed to be fun. And I let people send in their bad rentals, and we're going to have them on. And while I play their bad rentals, we'll talk about them for a little bit. So I'm, gonna, I'm planning that for... Um, the 23rd and the 24th. So that'll be two streams. So that's like three possible streams for me this week. Look at that. Wowee. So active. So prolific. <laughs> but anyway, that'll do it for us here at the SoxCast this time around. We'll be back in another few weeks with some more flavor for your ear. But until then, remember, we are the podcast that loves you. We are the only ones that love you. <laughs>